0: Can you be quiet,
1: please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. Ty? Hi. Ty? Hi. 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 Clip. Hey, man, good to see you, brother. He's a
2: cool
3: cat, man. Superstitious bears. D- d- superstitious bears. I got a little
0: taco meat on my chest.
3: I grabbed a handful of lunch meat and shoved it <laughs> down
4: my teammate's throat. I'm a former long snapper.
5: Booty, 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 booty everywhere.
6: At the Burlington... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I
1: have no idea what the f- just happened. Did not flub at all. F- it, send it in. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host... Clip Brock.
3: Welcome in to a Monday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here with you inside the Pirate Radio studios. Coming to you today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. You can find us on twelve fifty nine thirty online, pr927fm.com, and watch the show on Facebook Live and YouTube. And you can be a part of today's show by chiming in there and following along on our three hour journey. As uh, man, we got a ton of guests to get to today. A lot of great topics to hit, and we will do that uh, for the next three hours. Coming up at about an hour from now, Lane Hoover, former Pirate outfielder, will join us as we recap his career, talk about his time at ECU, his final season, that final weekend series in Charlottesville, and everything in between with Big Hoove, one of our favorites. Looking forward to catching up with Lane about an hour from now. Also, in hour number two, Brian Bailey will join us on the Pirate Radio Live Line. We'll talk to Double B about everything going on here locally and beyond in the world of sports. And in hour number three, got some pirate greats, ECU Hall of Famer Marcus Crandall and former pirate running back Jerris McPhail will join us here on the program. Got that coming your way in hour number three. Chandler Honeycutt is here, intern Joey, the big dog Glenn Griffin, Eller b is to my left and lrb we are awaiting the arrival of ashley blue owner of the uh, sensation boat as the big rock blue marlin tournament uh, has come and gone and a little controversy to wrap it up and uh, we're going to talk about that with ashley blue coming up here in just a moment
6: yeah i've known ashley for a long time and uh, he is the new owner of the sensation boat and uh, the big rock Blue Marlin Turner kind of going national with uh, the news of uh, his boat bringing in a 619 pound blue marlin late, late on Saturday, and uh, that of course that fish has been disqualified and uh, Sushi was declared the winner. So we'll get the story from Ashley himself of uh, what went down. Of uh, they hooked up, I think with about an hour left or less than an hour left in the competition. Took six hours to get that fish. Um, to the doc. So, uh, exciting story. We'll hear the full version of it. Uh, what's going on today? What is the latest? Um, is he trying to appeal? the decision of who won the Big Rock Blue Marlin Tournament. So we'll just kind of get a first-hand tale of a fish tale from uh, Moorhead City directly in just a few minutes. He is coming from Carteret County, so he is uh, in Pitt County now and just a few moments away. So it uh, should be very interesting for uh, everyone out there that wants to hear about, uh, I mean, when you catch a size fish like that, that that story within itself will be with excellent, but uh, when it potentially could have won you three and a half million dollars. That mm. story takes a whole nother level. So I uh, look forward to Ashley being here momentarily in the studio with us. And not the first time
3: uh, that controversy has, you know, been around the big rock. I remember years and years ago, I remember LRB, uh, a giant marlin was caught, but one of the people on the boat did not have a fishing license. And I remember that story. There's also been other mutilated fish stories in the past. So uh, just kind of the latest in a, a long run of uh some controversy at the big rock and uh we'll get ashley's side of the story here and in a moment and,
6: and the fact that it went down to such a late draw like the last day you know oh yeah As the, the L- buzzer lines have to be out of the water i think at three o'clock on uh you know on saturday which was the last day they they hooked up around 220 or something so he'll have the full story but just the drama coming in like close to ten thousand people at big rock landing for that at eleven fifteen on a Saturday night, so uh, certainly uh, the Big Rock tournament getting a lot of publicity and just a huge, huge tournament in Eastern North Carolina. Michael Jordan, you know, obviously uh, been a part of that tournament for for many years. I think a record number of boats again, two hundred seventy one participated in it, over a five million dollar purse. So just a big big tournament for the state of north carolina and of course Carteret county so uh really look forward to hearing the story all about it in just a moment
3: uh jamie on youtube said wow big get." uh have seen that story nationally several places so i just googled big rock blue marlin tournament and uh and ellabree you've got your your local news your uh wcti 12 w nct wcti i saw um uh, news and observer but also the washington post the new york post cbs sports network uh everything in between covering this story from the weekend
6: yeah cnn fox news i think i think you if you google it and start scrolling uh it's one of those stories that uh has definitely uh caught uh, steam and uh as we speak right now the owner himself is walking into the pirate radio studio so we'll uh, get right to it in just a minute but uh, certainly a big story and uh absolutely uh look forward to hearing the The tale itself from uh, the owner of the sensation, Ashley Blue, as he walks in the studio clip. Once again,
3: coming up later on in today's show, Lane Hoover in hour two, Brian Bailey also in hour number two, Marcus Crandall, Jairus McPhail, ECU football grades coming up in the third hour of our show. As we get uh, Ashley Blue situated here, joining us here in the Pirate Radio Studios, owner of the Sensation, Ashley, thanks for uh, coming down. How you doing, man? Hey, thank you very much for this opportunity. It's an honor.
6: What a weekend, huh? <laughs> it's been a rush. It's been a lot of highs and a lot of lows. Let's talk. Let's let's just recap. Uh, you know, you you're, you're a part of the uh, Big Rock Blue Marlin tournament this year, and uh, exciting tournament. Uh, your your week kind of. It was I guess talk talk about your whole week all the way up till Saturday. Well,
7: we had a good group were the KWLA to start it off. That's the the women's tournament, and then we got into the uh, the men's tournament, and we we did it as a charter boat such, such situation where we had four days of fishing, six people per day. So we sold twenty four shares. So we had twenty four people involved in this, and so it was truly a team effort. The first day, the guys went out. We were dealing with four to six. Put seas to start out with by the end of the day we were fighting between eight to tens coming in and uh there was a lot of sick faces a lot of a lot of green gills coming <laughs> coming in that day and then we went back out on the on the tuesday and no bites no bites and it was kind of depressing hearing over the the radio hook up here hook up there um voted this and we were glad to hear some of our, our friends, the Predator and Out of Hatters, landing theirs, and um, and then we took two day lay days and decided to go back at it on Friday and Saturday and finish up strong. And my goodness, it, uh, it was a long day, no bites. We right about two o'clock, we we ended up hooking into something. We thought it was a sailfish. It way it struck and cleared all the lines and called it in to Randy and and. Um, reeling it in, found out it was a barracuda. We were so let down, had to call in, wrong species, you know, it was one of those things, well, we've got 45 minutes, guys, let's put the lines back out and turn around and head out to the deep and see what we can figure out. And as soon as we turned around and kind of let those lines out, we saw this moose of a fish just breach the water and come right through and crash on our our port side, teaser area the the short and then it was all she wrote i mean it we saw that whole fish and got it on gopro breach right off the back of the boat about 25 30 feet so uh, and then the excitement began it was clear the lines and start fighting the fish and man it was it was just a lot of energy and what
6: time was that that was at two fifteen. Two fifteen. lines had to be out of the water at three right. o'clock if you do, if you weren't hooked up so at at two fifteen, uh somebody jumped in the chair and started fighting the blue marlin yeah bailey was one of the, he was up we we draw straws every morning
7: um whoever you know they get hour one hour two six people six hours of fishing so they pick their hour and he picked the lucky hour and my god he did a great job he he fought that fish tooth and nail and uh, did a great job. So, if my
6: calculations go right, y'all fought it for six hours. So, till about a little after eight o'clock is when I believe week? so. It was, um, my God, it was such a
7: blur. We, we were in excitement, and, uh, but uh, yeah, about six and a half hours.
6: What was the, what was the time like in between those six hours? What what tell me tell me your emotions of what was going on? Did you? Did you think there was a chance he was, that he was gone or the fish was? Talk about what was going on then. There was really no no feeling
7: that the, the fish was gone during the whole situation. It was for the first two two and and a half hours, we could see the fish. He was on top. He was up front. He would charge away. He'd turn. He'd come back to us. And so it was a lot of maneuvering with the boat. And the captain, Greg McCoy, I, I could not ask for a better captain. We call him the real McCoy. Um uh, but he he would position the boat being a single screw uh, sport fish with no sonar. I mean we are the about as authentic as you can get. Um, and so in man- maneuvering the boat using the bow thruster and trying to make sure we kept the line tight. and so after about two and a half hours, we really fatigued the, the fish and and then he just basically gave up and dove they when they go to dive, they'll they'll dive deep. And so we were sitting there on our, my in reach reaching out to Chasing tails. I got to give them a mad shout out because they do all our, our gear and whatnot. And we were texting them to see how much we had just gotten that rod spooled up. And like, how much top shot did you put on there? How much backing did you put on trying to gauge how much line we actually had out there? And, um, they, they got back with us pretty quick and told us we had basically about 400 yards of uh, line on there. And we, we were down to where we could see the metal and, um, when it dove deep i mean that was pretty much over i mean they had the fish had basically given up but it's one thing to give up on the surface it's another thing to give up about 900 feet down
3: (laughs) when you're in this battle uh trying to to boat that fish are you aware of other animals out there that might be lurking and then we'll get to that part of the story but did you know that Maybe other, other fish were nearby, sharks, per se.
7: We didn't see a single thing. There was uh, right towards, I would say, probably hour four. We, the only thing we saw was a couple dolphins that were off to our, our, our starboard, and uh, that's the only sea life we saw, period. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't, given the situation with what's been going on with the, the question of, the, the bite or this or the damage to the fish it's honestly superficial um the way the rules are written it's mainly to talk about you know what what would be a damage to the fish that would be an advantage for the uh, angler there there is no advantage um that if anything it's on the contrary it's a disadvantage because most people the rules written to be able to protect the integrity of the 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 tournament for people to do malice things to increase their weight, hmm. not necessarily um, uh, take weight away. So, and honestly, with the, it was less than the size of my hand and um, it was very superficial. It wasn't something like he lost his tail or a dorsal fin or, or something like that. So, um, to say that it was a detriment to our ability to, to bring it in, it was an advantage for us to bring it in, it was not.
6: Ashley Blue, the owner of the Sensation, uh, on the show today, Pirate Radio Live. Ashley, let's let's talk about uh, and get everybody up to speed. All right, so you fought the fish, and then the process of the very end. Uh, you, you mentioned that everybody knows that the fish was mutilated or had some damage to it. Uh, that was part of the story of, of why you guys were disqualified, not declared the winner. We'll get to that story more in just a minute. But uh, guess the pro- did you did you break when you when the fish? I guess was. I guess close to the boat. Did y'all boat it at that point, or is that what? The, how, how, tell, tell us the process before you started coming in. Absolutely.
7: Well, the uh, when the as soon as the fish we got to the leader when it gets into the reel, you know the fish is within you know sight, and it was getting very very dark out, and so um, scooter, which is my mate, excellent guy, does a great job, and thank goodness he did everything right with the tackle. Uh, reached over the side and saw the bill come up out of the water and he reached down and grabbed him by the bill and uh he was tail wrapped uh around the back and so the rest of the crew pushed the door open around the rear scooter pushed the bill down the next guy grabbed the bill pulled it forward just far enough for the head to come in and i took the little mahi gaff and shoved it right down the throat and and gaffed him from the inside and we pulled him right on the boat so and how to be exciting? Oh my goodness! It um, it just erupted. It was an honor to be able to to radio into Randy off of the boat that he built. Randy Ramsey built the the sensation to say that Jarrett Bay's Hole Number One boated the fish.
6: So the 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 fish is on the boat, and then uh, I guess that's kind. Of, I mean, th- at that point, you got to take some time to to celebrate and enjoy the moment, and then know that uh, you know th- that you radio him. Then there's 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 this swell of excitement for the big rock now and not just for you guys on the boat but a lot of people are excited to wait to see what's going on yes um it's just everybody
7: was taking pictures i've got several pictures i'll be happy to give them to you and we'd love for y'all to have the videos um i I haven't given the videos to anybody else and i would i would really love for y'all to be the ones to be able to put those out there and Um, The celebration, um, I was up in the bridge. I went up there and started taking pictures of uh, all the crew, the, the fish and everything, and it wasn't until I got back later
6: on that night to realize I didn't even get a picture of myself in there. You
3: <laughs> <laughs> have to Photoshop yourself in.
6: Did you notice the fish was damaged at all after after some of the cel- celebration and stuff?
7: Honestly, with a fish that weighs that big of uh, in that small amount of a cockpit, um, when we got him onto the boat, and you can see in the picture, his tail is still hanging out of the boat. And so, honestly, we pulled him up as far as we could get him in the boat, we weren't really able to maneuver to flip him over or anything. We took a length on him. He weighed, he was 114 inches, um, and then the girth going around him was about 64 inches, which on the chart showed us that it was going to be over 600 pounds. And so— um, we sent that in to Randy so that he would know to let the crowd know that what they, what we were bringing in was worth sticking around for.
3: And but and I so you had no idea that it could turn out the way it did when uh, you're bringing it in. We I'll show videos. It's on our Facebook feed. Sensation doc, uh,
7: Sensation Sport Fishing. We were listening to Tina Turner, rolling you know, uh,
8: <laughs>
3: rolling on the river. Yeah, uh, we
7: were we were just having a blast, and uh, I mean there was. God bless little scooter he uh he had already spent his money he in his mind he was buying his grandparents oh, a uh, trailer park i mean he he just he had already capitalized on that so
6: I don't know it um the financial impact of that because you guys would have won three and a half million dollars how does the split go because you said i guess you had twenty four shares sold uh so how like scooter i guess he break break us down what would have happened with that three and a half million dollars
7: typically uh in dealing with charter boat tournament fishing, 30% goes to the boat, and 70% goes to the shareholders. And the way that I uh, divvied up with my guys is the captain gets 10%, the mate gets 10%, and the owner gets 10%. Then the other 24 shares of the 70 is split equally amongst them. And it's all, it's kind of a different concept. Not many people you know, do that type of share. It's normally, I'm going to charter your whole boat, and we're going to put X amount of people on there. But we just wanted it to be Uh, affordable, and we wanted to have a good time most of all.
6: What was the feeling like coming down uh, the Moorhead City waterfront uh, getting ready to back up into Big Rock Landing and uh, weigh that fish that you already know is over 600 pounds, so you're you're still ready to hoist the trophy and just to have that euphoric moment, I guess. I can only
7: put it in words of the energy, the the community down there, the way that they wrapped their arms around us, there was over 10,000 people, in my opinion, between the port all the way to Big Rock Landing, and everybody was cheering. Everybody was whistling. There were the, my fellow charter uh, boat owners and, and, and uh, crews right on the bow of their boats next to our slip, which is right there in between Jack's Bar and uh southern salt uh the gas docks southern salt i mean just to back in there i don't care if i get another dollar you can't put money on the feeling that you had coming that 15 minutes of coming down that waterfront and seeing that many people there being part of something that's so much bigger than i am
3: ashley blue joining us here inside the pirate radio studios so uh, you you doc you you get ready for the the celebration like take us through that when you how does it all happen where you're weighing the fish and then people start to look at it what happened at that point
7: that was when uh i, I started feeling like stuff was kind of going a little sideways i was up in the bridge and and greg already went down my captain and uh, was kind of trying to help with with maneuvering and everything and i just saw uh, two of the judges kind of come down and start whispering to each other and they weren't handing the rope down, and I was like, hold on. And I, I was, you know, taking video of everybody, and uh, I finally went down, and I said, look, guys, what's going on? And they're like, well, what happened here? And I said, well, I don't know. This is the first time I really, really noticed that. Um, and the the judge says, well, it looks like a shark bit it. And I'm like, I, I don't know what, you know, this is the fish that we caught. It was dark. We brought it on board. We brought it here. That's all we know. And then there was no discussion of disqualification. It was just a lot of, you know, uh, little quiet groups. And it seemed like, and I was just like, hold on guys, you know, and then there's some, we're we're possibly going to disqualify this fish. And I said, oh no, Uh, we're going to hang this fish. We're going to weigh this fish. And then we're going to let y'all figure out what you got to do. I was like, there's 271 boats that are sitting here in limbo, us being one of them and the sushi as well. And um, it's not right to all these people that came out here to to be part of this, to turn around and just say, go home, kind of like the presidential election. We'll figure out you know how bad we got messed over th- tomorrow morning. It's it's just one of those things that we need to do the right thing going forward. And uh, that would be to hang this fish, take the pictures. You can't you shouldn't rob us the ability to do what's right for our families, the the, the the team members and, and everybody else, my mechanic, everybody, the whole team. Uh, so they did, after deliberating for a while, finally weigh the fish and it came in at 217, 219 pounds. 600. 600. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
6: you were cutting yourself 400 pounds. But so so you were on Cloud Nine. You just talked about that moment that was priceless Cloud Nine to when you start seeing the whispers to everything then you're down there then your feet are grounded again and then you i guess you convince everybody to hey look let us get our pictures let's weigh this thing and then you guys meet and figure out if rules i guess or whatever were broken is is and so what was going on what did you feel from the energy of the did the crowd kind of know what was going
7: on too the crowd was unreal it was just like being in ficklin and we had just won you know a championship it was just unreal uh the chance of weigh the fish you know um impressing upon that they wanted to know everything that was going on they did not want to be put in the dark and i just i thank everybody that made the trip down i know a lot of people from greenville drove down people stayed the night um and i just i can't thank them enough for for all that energy
3: Ashley, do you, uh, you follow Pirate Baseball? Absolutely. Did you see the story about Josh Groves feeding Jacob Starling the uh, the sandwich after a home run? Did you happen to see that one in Clearwater? I... The point being, there's a rule where you can't have props uh, on the field uh, for celebrating with your teammates. Okay. Uh, Jacob Starling gets a home run. Josh Groves has a little bit of a Jersey Mike sandwich left. Feeds him the sandwich as he's walking into the dugout. Uh, Josh Groves gets ejected because it's a prop on the field. Oh. I, I thought about that this weekend because there is a rule in place for mutilated fish and what you're talking about. But uh, first of all, whether the rule's dumb or not, that's kind of another topic. But it's almost like are you are you, you focusing on the rule a little too much? Like, do you feel like there's a gray area? I mean, how do you feel about the rule itself and how it was? Uh, permitted here in this case,
7: I think the rule honestly is outdated. It, it probably, as any rule, they, they have them because it had caused an issue in the past. Um, I think in this day and time, right now, we've got more of a prevalent sharp population. We've got more sophisticated, you know, gear to be able to work with. Uh, but in a nutshell, I think that the rule needs to be done away with period not just for my behalf but in the past three years this rule has come into effect in a negative way twice already and so if anything good that comes out of this if we can just get you know remove that rule for going forward it seems very odd to me that we're using A standards for mutilation but we're not using igf standards for anything else uh, we can hand off the rod to people, which is against the rules. We can handline, which is against the rules, and there's several other instances that um, that are against AGFI that seem to be in the tolerance for Big Rock. Why are we just utilizing this one that seems to be very outdated and very controversial?
6: Ashley Blue from the uh, Sensation, the owner, uh, in studio with us. Ashley, you got a few minutes. We'll take a break and Thanks then come sir. back and get everybody caught up to speed with uh, where the uh, Big Rock stands today, uh, what your conversations were like after that moment of uh, you got your fish weighed, and you got some pictures, and uh, we'll, we'll wrap up the, the story of that and then uh, what you've been up to the last 24, 48 hours on Sunday and uh, Monday. After the uh, Big Rock. Thanks for coming by today. We'll, we'll have more of your story in just a few minutes.
3: Ashley Blue will join us. Got Lane Hoover, Brian Bailey, Marcus Crandall, Jairus McPhail. Still to go. Big Monday edition of Pirate Radio Live. More after this.
8: I'm so
9: sure. as I take your hand and lead you to the dance floor.
1: You're listening to Hour 1 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Pirate Water. Get ready to party, Pirates. Go to drinkpiratewater.com to find your new treasure. 21 and older only. Pirate Water. Why be yourself when you can be a pirate? Now, back to the show.
5: All right, welcome back to the program. Order Jersey Mike subs on the mobile app and get delivery right to your home or save time and order ahead. to Skip the line to pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's a sub above. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's
3: your host, Clip Brock. All right, Chandler Honeycutt doing audio duties for Shirley Rhodes this week. We got intern Joey on the video side of things. Glenn Griffin's here, LRB. And we're joined by the owner of the sensation, Ashley Blue. Uh, quick update on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Dub Bucks. Dub Bucks. Stanford up 4 0 on Tennessee elimination game, but the volunteers of Tennessee have the bases loaded one out in the fifth inning we'll keep you up to date on that but right now talking to ashley blue after uh boy this uh story has gone national uh with the giant monster fish that they brought in that they uh disqualified and now where do we go from here i guess that's kind of where we are now ashley as you want to see potentially a rule change uh with all this and and i don't know with all the The news that's out from it, your side of the story, people are weighing in on our YouTube and Facebook. And and somebody had a comment. A rule of a fish biting a fish in the middle of the ocean, and kind of a shrug emoji. I I don't know. Not a lot of common sense, it seems like, in that rule.
7: It it doesn't seem that way at all. I mean, uh, in this day and time, there's so many things that that can give us a competitive advantage, but a fish biting another
6: fish is not. Were you aware of the rule, I mean, all week, or was it kind of one of those things? that? When when was the rule brought to your—when you thought disqualification was going to be an issue— and, and did you ask? Did you ask why? And, and, and then you had to. Did you learn that rule the first time? Or? That
7: that was something because it's not very clear in the Big Rock rules. It just says about mutilation, and then it refers you somewhere else for the same little snippet uh, that they released. You know, on their press release, and didn't want to talk anymore about it. What people don't realize is, in reading the full rule, there's the reason. There, there's three dots behind the rule. There's, there's a lot more to it. There's different interpretations that this is um, strictly for a record-breaking fish. That it's only applicable. There's, there's. It's just. It's, it's about as clear as mud. And uh, everybody thinks it's uh, black
6: and white, and it's not. So uh, let's let's talk about Saturday. So you, they they start saying, "Hey, look, we're going to disqualify the fish." Tell us about what what was the rest of your Saturday night like?
7: Well, we uh, kind of kind of put it together. Dig- Got back on the boat and, and enjoyed seeing a lot of people, and, and the cheers from the crowd just, just gave us, you know, a great uplifting. we left with the opportunity of, hey, the, the review board's going to review this um, t- tonight or early in the morning, and, and there was still hope in being able
6: to— What hope did you have? I mean, what percentage—because you went coming down the Moorhead waterfront, you talked about, like, that moment— you were getting ready to like have the Tom Brady hoist the Super Bowl trophy moment to like, what was your hope? What percentage did you think you were going to be a winner after you left the docks?
7: Uh, it was kind of a toss up 50, 50, cause I really didn't, I had not read the full, what they were kept reciting to the crowd. And uh, so I didn't have the rule book right there in front of me. They just kept giving, well, rule number 23, you know, and there was no, nothing really else given. Um, based on mutilation and and i think the crowd felt the same way because they they were like what mutilation there's it seems to be just a very superficial wound and and whatnot so we we got back in the boat and i felt like it was i felt like i had a fighting chance and i felt like they kept coming up to me and saying you want this you want this review you want this and honestly and um it's kind of hard for me to kind of put in words but um I felt like there was there was hope there. But after coming through the whole gauntlet of it, I knew that they had made their decision that night.
6: So you were you were working with Big Rock officials, I guess. How many Big Rock officials were you working with that were that were telling you what the process was going to be? And who else was advising you on? Was anybody helping you other were any other fishermen, any other people that weren't on your team helping you out? Uh,
7: Roger Crow was was the attorney that kept pushing for a lie detector that night and I I applaud him and and Emery, which is the president of the Big Rock, they were the two that I mainly work with and super great people. Um they just they wanted to go ahead and get the lie detector test done that night. Um, honestly, by the time we got back to our slip we're we had maneuvered and obviously there's a lot of people in that, that canal and that Creek. And so getting back into our slip with a single screw motor is, is a, little, a bit challenging and that's not for the week. And so we, we backed in and there must've been 300 people at our slip, you know, there to congratulate us, buy t-shirts and hats and stuff like that. And so, um, we had some, some champagne at the, on the top to kind of celebrate that I had put on the boat early on, kind of left over from the KWLA and and Greg, shook it up and sprayed the crowd and then took a swig. And I was like, Oh, ho, ho ho!" you know, we can't take a lie detector test with alcohol in our breath. So I had to explain that to Emory and, and Roger. And so they were very receptive. I gave them our SD cards uh, of the fish being caught. Every, everything that I had, I gave them. And, All your videos
6: and pictures and everything. Y'all took the lie detector test that Saturday night.
7: Uh, we took the lie detector test uh, that following Sunday and kind of, the only thing that really made that clued me in that they had already made their decision the night before that it was basically, uh, you know, um, a bit superficial, the lie detector test and stuff like that was because I was on the phone with my attorney, Steve Weeks and Greg McCoy, my, my captain. And he was, had not taken the lie detector test yet. And, uh, I had walked into grumpy's for breakfast with my wife and, um, Not two minutes after I got off the phone with them, I got a phone call from Roger and Emery telling me that they were going to disqualify the fish and move forward. And the lie detector test apparently hadn't even been administered.
6: So that's your Sunday. You get the the official, I guess, bad news. And then uh, what's next for Ashley Blue and the sensation uh, after that news?
7: Well, I'm going I'm to hold my head high. I got to experience some of the best things on a bucket list that most people don't. A lot of diehard, a lot better fishermen than I am that never got to experience this. And so for me, it's um it's to continue doing charters, providing great Great opportunities for people. Um, I'm going to um, continue working with the Big Rock on trying to get some resolution, um, I think, between uh, Roger Crow and Steve Weeks. I think that they'll be able to figure out, arbitration-wise, where, where everything lies legally. I'm out of it as far as that
6: right now. I mean, you you mentioned you have an attorney. I mean, are you? I mean, is there? I mean, I guess there's active litigation, or are y'all just in talks, or what? What is the official terminology of where you are with this? There is a process The North
7: Carolina. I think I'm, I'm horrible at this, but uh, it's it's in the rule book. It's there's there's a measure that we've got to take, and we've given notice. Uh, I handed Randy Ramsey a, um, a a protest on the morning of of before the awards he acknowledged it and showed it to the fellow board members and, and they acknowledged it and they've they've done exactly what they're supposed to do I, I, I hold them in high regard and they're doing their due diligence as well but um, we've got they've got five days to basically um, come to some kind of resolution if it does and it goes to an arbitrator and we're prepared to do whatever we've got to.
6: You weren't uh, declared the winner. You got disqualified. What is your ultimate goal, and what are your hopes for after five days in this arbitration? Uh, what What do you want to see? What happened? Your best case scenario?
7: Well, best case scenario would be found that the 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 fish was a, a valid fish to be to be presented and weighed and and to win the tournament. Um, more so, I would like more attention from the community, both of the, the fishing community and and nationwide and worldwide to push to have this igfa um, mutilation um situation kind of either more acute or done away with so that uh it's not a point of contention that the big rock can continue being the the wonderful uh economic generator that carteret county needs um i love carteret county i love pitt county and i think that there's a lot of things that coincide between the two and, and the big rock is a is a great catalyst
6: it is obviously a a huge event in carteret county just brings tons of of, of money into that area do you you plan to fish next year in the big rock i plan to fish
7: from here on out and as i i had a little pep talk this morning before my my guys left out it on their charter my guys are actually offshore right now with with a charter and we said a, a prayer and we we went with the attitude that uh, what's happened's happened. We can't change it right now and and make this charter the best charter for these people. And um, the sentiments moving forward is if we we need to work harder, we need to fish harder, we need to do what it takes to bring the best, best fish in next year and moving forward
3: you in any uh, other tournaments uh, along the east coast or anything
7: yes we're, we're planning on uh being involved with the ducks unlimited um marlin tournament is coming up The obviously the kids big rock so if there's any kids out there that are interested in being on board with my daughter and i would like to say i love you too bristol i saw your <laughs> post um and we are planning on doing pirates cove uh, out in manio which is where the sushi is and i just want to kind of give them a little shout out look forward to going to their home court too uh, but i just um very very excited about being part of a community that's very tight-knit and being on the stage with them
6: well, what uh and you have some more media appearances i understand uh came here on pirate radio live today and uh but uh people can uh see more ashley blue coming up uh, where, where else are you gonna appear
7: well I, i'm just super thankful to be here and i wanted my first interview to be here with you jonathan and uh and pirate radio and um s- tomorrow we're planning on being um uh, we've been approached with uh fox news uh we'll be on um fox I, I, fox and friends fox and friends yes in the morning and uh there's a few other um uh, podcast and stuff that they're asking me to be on. and so uh, we just want to bring as much awareness to the, to the issue. We want to bring as much awareness to Eastern North Carolina and uh, hopefully it'll end up being a positive for
6: everybody. Has your phone been like had a moment of silence at all in the last uh, three days? It hasn't, and I really want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to
7: everybody that has sent me text messages, has bought a T-shirt, bought a hat, shown any type of um, of interest in this. You all mean I've tried to call everybody back that I can, but I will. I've been going down the list, and as I've been driving, and I just I, – it's so heartfelt to be, to be part of this and um, to be – you know, people reaching out, hey, look, I know you feel you you really won, or you're the people's champion and stuff like that.
6: That 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 type
7: of stuff just makes you feel good that you're doing the right thing.
6: Is there any last word you want to leave uh, listeners, viewers watching uh, Ashley Blue from the Sensation here today?
7: Yes, please come visit us. Check us out on Facebook. Hit like and follow us. And um, if you're interested in going off fish, offshore fishing, and having a great time, please check us out on www sensation sportfishing.com thank you guys
6: what an exciting weekend it was unfortunately not the the exact results you got but uh, a moment in a lifetime that you'll never forget no of coming down that moorhead city waterfront and uh, thanks for coming on and sharing your story we'll uh, continue to follow and see how it all plays out and i know people will uh when they see this boat the sensation now it's it, it may not be in the record books but it'll always be remembered as, as a yeah. boat that made some noise in the 2023 big rock tournament
3: absolutely thanks ashley enjoyed it man yes, uh sir. ashley blue joining us today here on pirate radio live we'll take a break come back more to go hour one big hour two on tap with former ecu outfielder lane hoover And Double B, Brian Bailey. All that and more is ahead on Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this.
1: When you can be a Pirate. Now, back to the show. All
5: right. Welcome back to the program. Do you need custom T-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitiesportswearenc.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio. And, by the way, Frank Lee at the Appliance's Superstores and inviting you to their grand opening, this Wednesday, June 21st from 4 to 6 p.m. Come help them celebrate with light refreshments. And Frank and his team will also show you how they make buying appliances easy. They started with a truck, a trailer, and a storage unit. Today they have 12,000 square feet full of appliances, which is located right off of 264 behind the new DMV. They hope to see you June 21st this Wednesday from 4 to 6 p.m. Remember, they, they save customers money every day at the Appliances Superstore. Now let's head back to the PRL. Here's
3: your host. Brock all right great read chandler honeycutt thank you and you're going with some sort of uh ska version of angel is the centerfold uh, i mean I, i'm okay with it great tune don't necessarily love this version as much as the original it's very i mean the, the original <laughs> is very upbeat but this is like uh even faster i feel it, like. it is uh we have to use covers so we can get around the youtube and facebook so they won't flag it tag it and pull down our program uh yeah and by the way i just randomly
5: chose 10 bumpers today so i didn't mean for careless whisper to be the, <laughs> to
3: be the very first bumper that we played i'm never gonna fish again <laughs> i don't know it kind of had a uh you had the mood right i think yeah I mean, that. well now, hey look he did talk
5: about the judges whispering to each other <laughs> uh you know when they brought the fish in and, yeah.
3: Uh, yeah tell you what people are interested in that we got a um, lot
5: of folks chiming, uh, tuning in chiming in i saw at least 160 on youtube i think we got to a little bit over 100 on facebook so uh very very popular topic over the weekend and even
3: today on monday and uh shout out to ashley just for coming on and uh talking about it uh and enjoyed the conversation and and i'll still kind of follow what happens from here will there be a rule change will there be Uh, Any changes from the decision from the weekend? uh, We'll keep you up to date on that as well. All right. uh, Rocky Top. You'll always be home sweet home to me. They're wearing the smoky grays today and they are rallying. They have the bases juiced and they've added four runs since our last update. It is four to four uh, between the Cardinal and the Volunteers as they play an elimination game in Omaha. So, what a rally! Tennessee, They still have bases loaded, two outs now, as Stanford has made the call to the bullpen.
5: Yeah, and um, you know, as the College World Series goes on, I, th- I think back to last night, I really, really was pulling for Earl Roberts a- as hard as I could last night. They found themselves down, but to them, that's nothing. Uh, a streak ended for the Eagles last night. I believe the stat that I saw was seven straight games where they trailed by three or more runs. They were able to come back and win those games. That's nuts. Uh, unfortunately, that did not happen last night as Florida gets the win over Oral Roberts.
3: Awesome one tonight. LSU and Wake Forest. Two powers going at it in Omaha. Wake Forest has looked unbeatable, well, throughout the regular season, but specifically throughout this postseason. Uh, they are 53-10. and 10. Uh, They will take on LSU coming up tonight, 7 o'clock. That's going to be a h of an atmosphere in Omaha. No doubt about
5: it. It was uh, very cool um, to see Wake Forest back in their first College World Series game since 1955. And back where I'm from in the Salemburg-Roseboro area, uh, there's actually two gentlemen that uh, are no longer with us. Uh, but I actually went to school with both their grand uh, grandchildren. Uh, they were on that 1955 Wake Forest team uh, and won a national championship. But uh, it was weird to see Wake Forest playing from behind the other day um, and they, they were able to come back and win. And now they're in the driver's seat in the winner's bracket coming up tonight.
3: Jamie says, uh, I was going to ask this question to Lane Hoover. if Is uh, LSU or Wake Forest good enough to beat an MLB team? No. I mean, uh, on a given day, maybe, but no. I hate these conversations, too, especially with, like, football. Oh,
5: football all the time. Like, when Cleveland no. was so bad, no. talking about Alabama. Could Alabama beat Cleveland? No. No. No, I no mean, We're talking about a college no. team and a pro team. The
4: national champion should play who has the number one pick, though. That would be a fun game to watch. In like a preseason game? Yeah, why not? Just switch things up a little bit. It's you a money grab.
3: C- I love it, but you can't do it due to injury. You can do it more True. maybe in baseball. You couldn't do it in any sport now because the athletes are paid so much and nobody wants to get hurt. But it would be fascinating to see uh, Georgia play Carolina. Well,
4: the Bears— i guess
3: the bears yeah yeah i I mean i I would watch it bears would mop them definitely beat them down georgia versus houston the texans maybe now basketball if you get a a super college team assembled like one of those um i don't know the calipari kentucky team that had like seven nba guys Mm -hmm. playing against this year, Charlotte Hornets, mm. or this year, who had the Houston uh, Rockets? Yeah, I, okay. then then maybe, but I don't know. Baseball and basketball, possibly, maybe. uh Football, no, never, never will a college team be able to beat a pro team. In my opinion.
5: In your opinion, and I actually agree with your opinion.
3: I IMO uh, Stanford and Tennessee tied in the fifth how about three and two two outs bases loaded what a spot uh for rocky top loser of this game is out winner survives another day so now oral roberts is will be in a game chandler an elimination game coming up on tuesday and they will play as i look it up tcu in that game
5: horn frogs and the
3: eagles we got a strikeout and the inning is over so it's going to be four to four Heading to the bottom of the fifth.
5: Speaking of rules, we've talked about rules today with the Big Rock uh, Tournament. How about a rule that we saw last night in the Oral Roberts Florida game? Kevin O'Sullivan, the skipper for Florida, comes out to chat with his All-American closer. Little did he know that he had went over the limit. I believe it's six. Anytime after six visits, you have to pull the pitcher. And apparently they lost track of how many times they went to the mound. And uh, his intentions were not to pull uh, their closer, but instead they he was informed, hey, you gotta get him out of there. Nobody was up in the bullpen. Uh bases got juiced because the guy that came in for the closer walked the guy. By the way, this guy's a true freshman that's yeah. coming in. No warm ups, no nothing. Uh he gets the bases juiced with a walk, but he is um he allows a fly out to left field and he gets out of it. So that could have uh and they kept showing Kevin O'Sullivan uh, Sullivan in the dugout and he's just sitting there you can just see uh, him thinking through his mind man i really screwed up there yeah
3: he said after the game he apologized to his team they said he had his back it all worked out but a major managerial gaffe there i gotta be honest uh is this a safe space can i be honest you can be i be open, be open with you always. guys hey always. you
5: gotta be honest
3: i i didn't know that, that was a rule i didn't either i knew the obviously you know two trips an inning second trip you're gone i was i was
5: watching it with my dad last night and i was like well, I didn't know that that was a rule. He said, "Well, Kevin O'Sullivan should know. He's the he's a he's a <laughs> it's college thing baseball for us coach. Not to know. Yeah, he's a, he's a college baseball coach. He should know the rules uh, up and down.
3: Yeah, that uh, and it turned out not to haunt them. Um, Got a fly out to lift, left, uh, line out, fly out. Yeah. to lift.
5: Which... And th- the way they celebrated that out, you would have thought the game was over there. I mean, that was a huge moment because it looked like I mean a walk, I believe." scores a run maybe uh, ties the game maybe um but yeah that, that could have been a scary situation it was a scary situation for florida but they were able to escape with a win over Oral roberts
3: i watched a lot of golf last night too had uh some interest in some of the competitors at the top of the leaderboard pretty much everybody but the winner wyndham clark <laughs> so it didn't go my way wyndham clark earned that one he would get himself into trouble and immediately get himself out of trouble with par saves and even bogey saves not uh not going double bogey there down the stretch and uh, i was happy for him it was a great performance by him rory mcelroy did all he could he parred everything just couldn't get a birdie and uh, ends up losing by one shot. And Ricky Fowler,
5: man, was really pulling for that guy. I'm glad that it – It's never going to happen. If somebody (laughs) was to win a major and win that tournament yesterday for their first major ever – Never going to happen. I'm glad it's Wyndham Clark. But you're looking at Ricky Fowler, who was looking for his first major. Ricky Fowler's been on the tour for so many years and still looking for that major title. And all weekend long, he was in the driver's seat. uh, And then the past couple of days, he uh, slipped – and I believe it ended up finishing third or fourth. And uh, uh, But it was Wyndham Clark who um, lost his mother while he was in college at Oklahoma State. Uh, ended up transferring to Oregon to finish out his college career. He's been on the tour. Actually, this is his second win this year. I believe he was the winner of the Wells Fargo Tournament uh, in Charlotte earlier this year. So uh, this is the second win, definitely the biggest win as he wins the U.S. Open, his first major in his career.
3: All right, let's take a break. uh Mike P, trust me, I had that tweet ready to go in the Arsenal. Mike P says, Come on, Clip. His name isn't Losedom Clark. Oh, trust me, Mike P. I had it ready. But his name is Wyndham, not Losedom. Jamie says, Is it bad that I like this lineup I see right now as the best PRL lineup? Joey Chandler Clip. The, are we the big three?
5: We are the big three now. Which big three? Which big three are we? Because there's there's several in NBA history. Which one are we? Uh, you gotta I'm gonna give say, me a role that's
4: not that important though. Like uh, I, I don't know. Are we like Bosh, Bosh, Wade, LeBron. No, no, no,
3: no, no, no. I'm gonna say Chandler's Paul Pierce because he hired a girl for the day. Got you. <laughs> I'll be KG because I'm fake tough and anything's possible. And you'll be Ray Allen because you send questionable uh, DMs to girls. <laughs> hey, do you know we're wrong with it we're do you remember that it. story oh yeah uh, yes i do um I, that was off the cuff maybe we could be a different big three i like it though i just hope shirley rhodes isn't listening she <laughs> might get her feelings hurt yeah but. we won't bring this up when shirley's back next absolutely week. absolutely not lane hoover joins us on the other side more to go pirate radio live on a monday back with you after this
1: listening to hour two of pirate radio live this hour is brought to you by country mart country mart is open every day and has two locations in bethel on highway 11 and in stokes and highway 903 country mart fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline now back to the show all right
5: welcome back to the program greenville utilities neighbor to neighbor program provides help for those who need temporary assistance with their utility costs you can make a difference. Your tax-deductible donation can be added to your GUC bill each month, or you can make a one-time donation, and GUC matches all donations up to $20,000 each year. Consider helping a neighbor with U- GUC's Neighbor-to-Neighbor program. Now let's head back in the PRL. Here's your host, Clip Brock.
3: Back with you, Pirate Radio Live on a Monday. We're going to get back to our opponent previews. Tuesday, Wednesday, and I believe Thursday, Tuesday, we have Steve Cotton lined up, play-by-play voice, of the marshall thundering herd he will join us wednesday voice of the appalachian state mountaineers adam witten will join us on the show and then on thursday i believe we're going to talk some gardner webb football so uh we talked to aaron mcmahon from M Live and ann arbor news last week uh, previewing michigan so we'll continue our opponent previews throughout uh june and july to ramp up for pirate football. Then August is here and we're covering fall camp. We're diving into it. Uh going to be a lot of fun. All right, um Jerry said and Jerry, I'm with you. Uh most boring US Open ever. No chip-ins, no long putts made. Just solid gritty play by Wyndham Clark. Man, how many long putts did Rory almost make? uh i was uh, on the edge of my seat hoping for one of those even scotty scheffler got himself back into it late uh but did not do enough early on on sunday to put himself in contention all right um mike p said it sounds like andy bernard on that opp cover i did not notice that i'll have to listen uh when we finish this segment if uh, indeed that sounded like andy bernard uh got chandler honeycutt intern joey here the big dog glenn griffin and uh, we will talk to Brian Bailey coming up a little later on this hour Marcus Crandall Jairus McFell in hour three but right now we will talk to big hoove Lane Hoover former pirate outfielder joining us on the pirate radio live line Lane appreciate your time how you doing man I'm doing good
2: thanks for having
3: me on clip yep I'm doing good does it I don't know when you hear former pirate does that stink to hear yeah
2: it does a little bit kind of don't still real yet so um yeah
3: yeah it yeah it's not not too great to hear yeah <laughs> and uh and man we'll, we'll talk about some some good times some positives but what's it like now lane where you uh you're used to either playing summer ball or working out here and now it's kind of i don't know so what are you how are you spending your your days uh at this time of year usually you're playing ball what are you doing now
2: yeah, usually, usually right now at this time, I'm probably back home spending time with family, and then I usually I I didn't play a summer ball because um, either one or two years I was hurt, and then
8: yeah.
2: um, the other years, you know, I I played played a lot during the season, so I I just came um, here for the summer and um, you know worked out and got stronger and um, helped the incoming you know new guys um, get ready, um, so. Yeah, I'm usually usually back here around this time. Um, right now I'm, you know, not doing too much. Um, you know, just just hanging out.
3: Hanging out. Are your uh, yeah. your playing days uh, on the diamond over? Are you going to try to extend it somehow? How about your your baseball playing days?
2: Yeah, I mean, um I would like to keep on playing. Um you know, not sure yet. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. Um but yeah, always um Always, you know, got a backup plan, you know, to go into the uh, real world, I guess you could say.
3: (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's no fun, Lane, but uh, we all got to do it at some point. And uh, I guess, uh, how many offers have you received for uh, slow-pitch softball leagues? You got to be a hot free agent. If you don't keep playing baseball, you're going to be, you're like the hottest name out there right now for uh, softball teams.
2: Yeah. um, Actually, you're not wrong. Actually, I (laughs) have Couple of people have. I, I already talked to you
8: about that. There
3: you go. <laughs> we'll see. Lane Hoover joining us here on the Pirate Radio live line, and Lane uh, joined us all here long on the Delcor Players Lounge. And I don't know, Lane, just you don't seem like the biggest talker in the world. But uh, we had fun with you uh, when you joined us on the show, and uh, we, we talked baseball. We talked. Uh, life and laughs and stuff like that. So uh, I don't know. Did you? What did you think of being on the mic for a season? How did you enjoy it or or not enjoy it? What were your thoughts on it?
2: Man, I tell you what. You know, yeah, on the mic we had uh, we had some good laughs. You know, it was we had some good times on there. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, I really appreciate the opportunity of being on there and you know letting people you know hear about you know all the games and. You know my story and you know things like that and just having a good time talking about all the sports you know um and even all the foods you could think of um some memories
3: (laughs) no doubt no doubt lane hoover joining us well lane you uh you really capped off your career in a in a positive in a a good way in charlottesville and first of all uh, let's talk about the home run you brought back you're probably still angry you didn't catch the ball uh, but you kind of Dikembe Matumbo did you blocked it uh, from going out of the yard and and how about that play and again you, you're you look angry afterwards but it was a, a huge play to rob a home run uh, how about that play
2: <laughs> yeah I was um I was really on to catch that one um yeah off the bat I actually thought it was going and then you know the way the wind was blowing um um I was like oh well, I got a chance at this and um yeah I had it in my glove I believe and um that metal uh, fence behind the uh, wall, um, my glove—I believe—hit that and uh, knocked the ball right out of my glove. But uh, yeah, yeah, them are the ones. Them the ones I think I can catch. I know it's a very, very tough play, but you know, I expect a lot of my a lot out of myself. And um, yeah, I wish I would have caught that, but um, you know, that's the way it goes.
3: Uh, how about uh, an awkward play in the outfield? Ball hit the center. Riley Johnson flies into the wall. Couldn't make the catch, and and he kind of sits there. And we're you know watching it on television, saying, "Hey, get, get the ball, somebody. Where's who? Where we get the ball?" Uh, so, but you guys knew that was a home run. I, I, I don't think. One problem, Lane, you didn't know this at the time, but the TV announcers were not in the stadium. So there was a lot of confusion. Riley Johnson was called your name. He was called Jacob Jenkins Coward. Name. <laughs> you know, uh, there was a lot of confusion. But on that particular play, did you know it was a home run? And that's why, you know, nobody went after the ball, I guess. Yeah,
2: for a second there, I was um, I was thinking back, back to when, uh, I think, last year. Um, I was watching a Braves game. I think it was in the playoffs. I can't remember. I'm um, in Ronald Acuna Jr. I'm a big base fan, as you know. Yeah, um, They hit a ball in the, the center, and I think they did the same thing. Hit off the wall, though, and um, Acuna and Wright just stood there, and I was like, what are you doing? They <laughs> hit the ball, and um, I was like, I was thinking to myself, man, I just did the same thing, but <laughs> I was like, but I, I, knew it, I knew it was gone. Um could hear it off the, the uh, batter's eye, the batter's eye of the wood." Yeah, and uh, it went it went like three feet above it too. It had been a really tough play, um, and you could just hear the sound the way it hit off of it, and obviously I could see it, and um, yeah, yeah, um, that's yeah, it was it was gone, but yeah, that's what I was <laughs> I was thinking back to uh, Kuna's play, yeah, last yeah. <laughs>
3: Well, lane, uh, you, you know you don't you never want to be the last out of a game. That's the final game of your career, and you come up runners first and second, and uh, down by four, and you can't hit a a game tying home run in that situation. But what you can do is load the bases and and hope Starling can do it. And you did just that a base hit through the left side. And honestly, I, I mean, look, I've, I've watched a million games of all different sports in my time, and uh, I, I'm kind of quick to give up on my team, Lane. So at that point. I had already said, "Well, Virginia's going to win. Season's over." Uh, but then you get that hit, and all of a sudden, Starling's up facing a lefty, and you got the matchup you want. And and man, he just missed it, didn't he? I, you were, I guess you were standing at first. So, what was your thought when uh, when Starling made contact with that ball? Yeah, I mean, I was
2: I was running and I was watching it the whole time because <laughs> I knew I was going to score either way. Um, you know, if the ball dropped or went out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for a second there, yeah, at, at first you could tell, I thought he got a really good swing on it. Um, but, yeah, that's the way it goes. Um, it, it really, you know, for a second, right? For a second, man, I was like, oh, let's go. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then I kept on, you know, eyeing the ball, eyeing the outfielder, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it just stayed in. But, I mean, it was still a good swing, and, um, you know, we had a chance there.
3: And I've enjoyed talking. Uh, you talked to Moylan, talked to Groves, uh, talked to Cliff Godwin, JC. All you guys kind of leave Charlottesville with your your heads held high. I mean, two great performances against Oklahoma. Uh, beating up on that team twice, and then, man, those two Virginia games were really good ball games. You had the 2-1 game. They could have gone either way, and then uh, it was, you know, a a game for a while. Virginia extended the lead uh, that Sunday night, but you guys were able to make a rally. So, really, uh, you know, two dominant efforts by the Pirates and then two good games that that just didn't go your way. Is that kind of how you look at it? Yeah, I mean, it it felt like um, two
2: number one seeds, you know, go against each other. That's really what it felt like, um yeah virginia was is really good, and you know I thought you know we were we were really good too, um, but you know that's the that's the way it goes, and um but yeah, it felt like you know we went't out of it no matter what you know 'cause i I know that I knew that team our team was is really good, and the way we came back all year, i mean it it was um it's actually very very you know very cool to see the way we came back in many games um but yeah it was it was really good atmosphere and yeah um yeah it it did feel like two number one seeds going at it though
3: that's got to be cool lane when you go to an opposing stadium and you have a home game Uh, like when you guys are playing oklahoma we could hear it through the tv and even the virginia games where you know it was was mostly virginia fans but a a ton of pirate fans there and that's got a Add an extra jolt uh, for you guys out there playing.
2: Yeah, it does. Uh, I mean, there you had you had the jungle out there in left field, you know, which is really cool to see. You don't have that nowhere else, you know, especially at you know an opposing stadium. And then um, people on the other side of the stadium, you know, you could you could really hear the the pirate fans. And um, yeah, it was really really cool to see, um, you know, especially both fans going um, back and forth. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was
3: really cool. Lane Hoover joining us, Pirate Radio Live Line, Delcor Players Lounge, as we wrap up the season and uh, his career with Lane and uh, have enjoyed talking to him all season long. Lane, uh, what was that? Cliff Godwin said that you guys were rested up uh, when it came to the Charlottesville Regional despite playing all those games in Clearwater. He said you had enough time to kind of get your arms and legs and everything right. But man, what was that grind like down in Florida where you... It, you, first of all, you're you're playing like extra inning games. You're playing games that were interrupted by weather, so you're out there for seven, eight hours or whatever. You lose that first one, you you got to fight your way out of the losers bracket. Man, that that was a grind for you guys. What was that like, day in day out, down in Florida? Yeah, I mean, down in
8: Florida,
2: I mean, we gave it all we had. You know, especially the I
8: don't,
2: there was I don't know. There's a stat about there was no no team to come out of the losers bracket. Ever, um and make it to the championship game you know that's that's really impressive um yeah it, i mean we was just grinding we know we know that um we were a really good team and you know we just had to put you know that first game behind us um and just move on from there but yeah it was um you know it was wearing wearing us out a little bit just because you know we had to play double about you know if you're in losing bracket you had to play double the games But um, man, I was just proud of the team the way we um, we came back after that first game. It was um, it was really really good to see, and kind of we kind of done that was doing that all year really. Um, But yeah, yeah, it was a it was a grind out there in Florida.
3: Lane, let's uh, let's talk about some of your favorites, and we'll start with your favorite at bat, your favorite hit. Uh, What was your favorite hit in the ECU uniform?
2: Oh man. well i will say the you know the last hit in my career was really cool um but i would say individually my my favorite hit was the one um my home run at clark eclair um the the day my uh, grandpa passed Mm. um yeah that was uh (laughs) i think he he had passed one hour before i hit that home run man it was just you know just crazy you know crazy to see and um you know,
3: that, that would probably be my favorite memory. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Lane, how about you made a ton of great plays in the field. How about your uh, your favorite catch? You got a few to choose from.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, definitely uh, my favorite catch is um, the one out there in the uh, left center, um, I believe, was um, number six on uh, top ten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, you know, the game didn't end how we wanted it. Um, and I wish, you know – we were winning at that time, but, um, just individually, um, you know, that was, <laughs> that was a pretty cool moment.
3: How about your, uh, favorite win as a team, uh, in the ECU uniform? A lot of those to choose from too. So what's your uh, favorite?
2: Yeah. Um, I would say the, uh, game against Charlotte in the, uh, uh, 21 regional, um, that was, you know, it was very loud atmosphere at Clark Leclerc. and uh we were down I know by three runs or so coming into the eighth inning and um the way we came back right there that's probably one of my favorite favorite
3: games did you uh have a big hit in that one late or am I misremembering yep
2: yep I did yeah
3: yeah you had to the, the go ahead uh RBI, that you know, and and I thought when I asked your favorite hit, it was going to be that one, but I I see why you you said your home run, but yeah, Lane Hoover two run single uh, to score Worrell and Agnos. Okay, I thought you had a big hit in that one.
2: It's in
3: the top three. And man, that was loud. I, about loudest moments, that that one had to be up there. Man, yeah, it did that one,
2: and um, the the uh, super easy against Texas it was probably the loudest I've ever ever heard Clark request
3: Definitely, uh, Lane. How about run-ins with Cliff? Uh, you seem like the kind of guy that Cliff probably wouldn't have to get on much. But n- did he? Did he get on you ever during your years here?
2: Uh, you know, not really. Um, you know, I, I had our times. You know, when I would, you know, slack like some. You know, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no. I'll tell you what. We didn't really run into each other much. Um,
3: well, I think that says a lot about how you kind of go about your business and, and work, I
2: guess. Yeah. Yes, um, you know, I, I, I respect him so much that, you know, I'm not I'm not ever gonna you know, I don't want to talk to him in a you know, bad way and and what he has done for me you know, I'm very thankful for it. So, um, you know him the lot giving me the chance to play ECU, you know. I'm just thankful for that and you know for that reason you know i've
3: always you know um played hard and respected him and uh it might surprise some people kind of surprised me when i heard it but uh i think josh Moylan, garrett sailor said that when uh when guys need a talking to lane hoover's not afraid to to be that guy to talk you've uh i've heard you've you've given it to the guys if they needed it before
2: yeah i've had a uh, i've had to do that you know a few times um and, you know, it's just you because I you know, because I really cared. And um, you know, yeah, I don't I I I don't do it much but you know you know, I when I do, you know, I mean it, you know. So, um and I feel like, you know, guys can you know, will listen to me. Um so you know, but yeah, when I do, you know they they all, you know, you know, Put their heads up and are
3: like, "All right, let's go." Then. Yeah, Lane Hoover joining us, Pirate Radio Live Line, and uh, Lane been awesome to to follow your career and and I I think you've said quite a bit during this conversation and past conversations. But if you if, if Cliff Gowen said Lane, I want you to talk to this recruit and tell him why he should be a pirate. Uh, you know, what, how would you put that into words? Why somebody should come play baseball here in Greenville?
2: Well, I'll tell you one thing: um, you come to ECU, um, they're going to be those teammates are going to be your best friends, and then they're and then they're going to end up being your best friends forever. Um, number two, you know, it's look at these fans, best fans in the country. You see the atmosphere that we have. You know, you know, there's there's really no reason why you wouldn't come to ECU, and um, these fans will always have your back and they're loud, you know, during home games and you get chill bumps, you know, you get chill bumps, um, you know, when they're really loud. And then, um, number three, you know, the coaching staff, they really care for you and they're always going to be there for you. And you're also going to be a, stay ahead on your academics. I mean, and you're going to get a really good degree here. The way we, um, hold each other accountable and, you know, put our academics first and then, and then, you know, work hard on the baseball field. I mean, it just showed, it, and it's shown, you know? Um, so yeah, there's, there's a few reasons why, you know, I
8: came to UC.
3: Yeah, Lane, and I'm a, a bit cynical when it comes to student athlete and you know that so much focus and, and when you bring in these guys and pressure is on the sport itself and, and not, Academics at times, but that is not the case for, for ECU baseball certainly. And I think you said why just there you 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 make it a competition, right? Like if uh, yeah. if if Garrett makes an A, you want to make an A plus. If and then you know at that point, uh, uh, Carter Spivey's going for extra credit so he can beat both of you guys. That's kind of the way it is with you guys, right? Yep,
2: yep, Ben. You know it shows you that, and um, it, it gets you prepared for life because yeah. you're always going to you're always going to be competing for your job in the real world, you know. And, you know, that's – you know, I think that's what's helped me and shaped me these last five years, the way that I've been able to mature because of this program and the way that we competed on and off the field.
3: Lane Hoover joining us. Lane, a couple of non-ECU questions uh, before we let you go. I mean, do the Braves have – who is the competition in the National League this year? <laughs>
2: Man, I you know I'm still, um, yeah, I'm not really sure either. You know, maybe looks like the Marlins are trying to heat up. I think they're top ten in the uh, power rankings this week. Yeah, um, but um, yeah, I'm tell you what, we were the first team in L to forty wins. Um, Acuna is the best player in baseball right now. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, I don't really see anybody stopping us right now.
3: Eddie Rosario is. Uh reformed in his 2021 World Series mode or whatever the uh, NLCS mode and he's on fire so uh they are they are awesome right now and have the most wins in the National League sitting at 46 and 26. All right, NBA Draft Thursday night lane. Should the Charlotte Hornets take Scoot, Brandon Miller or trade the pick for uh veterans? What what do you what do you want the Hornets to do at number 2? Yeah, I mean,
2: that's a that's a tough one, but I, I like, I like, Scoot. um, you know, I've, I, I've been watching his highlights, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, let's hope, let's hope something, um, good comes out of, you know, that, that draft pick and I'm looking forward to seeing that. And, um, let's hope that we have a really good, uh, Hornet season. Cause, um, <laughs> it's a, we're about due for one
3: definitely do is the uh the correct word there no doubt about it uh lane hoover joining us on the pirate radio live line lane i uh, enjoyed talking to you we'll keep in touch uh keep it going man and uh talk to you again down the road but we hope uh the best for you Um uh, give a shout out to your uh your family for me uh, awesome folks got I uh, really enjoyed walking through Clark LeClaire and hearing Clippo the hippo being screamed at me from the seats from your dad. So uh, uh, awesome stuff. You got a great family. And uh, just enjoyed talking with you this year, Lane. Yeah, well, I appreciate
2: it, Clip. Yeah, the family loved you too, man. <laughs> I, but yeah, I really appreciate
3: it. Thank you. Thank you, Lane. Lane Hoover joining us. And uh, I don't know, I might be an honorary member of the Hoover family at this point. Like a cousin, like a drunk uncle i don't know
5: doesn't it feel good when he says hey the family loves you too"?
3: oh yeah thank you uh papa hoove and mama hoove uh lane is an all-timer no doubt um and jamie said uh just uh what do you say you kill to have a whole team of kids like this in any sport so um yeah he's just a great dude and uh boy provided some great moments for pirate baseball over the years yeah no doubt about
5: it i said it this morning he's the ultimate pirate with the most games played in in the history of ecu baseball and uh just the longevity of his career here he was here a very long time and uh uh contributed in so many different ways over those past five years and uh it was great to have him on in his last year here at ECU, have him here in the studio and talking to us every single week. And we really enjoyed Lane Hoover. And I need him to come back into the studio to sign something for me. Yeah,
3: same so, here. Yeah. Uh, and I love retired jerseys, uh, the, the act of saying no other player will wear this number. I mean, you, and if you did it for ECU baseball, you got so many great players you would have to, <laughs> to do it for. But I would not be upset if number four – was never worn again
5: absolutely i mean i totally agree
3: i think it'd be cool do it do it ecu do it do it all right uh some drama some trouble for both the volunteers and the cardinal in the sixth inning but no runs cross so we stay at four to four as they play in the seventh in omaha on the buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by the buck the buck all right let's take a break when we return bb brian bailey will join us to talk about what's going on in the world of sports julia hoover says we need one more drunk uncle in the family come on clip all right next time i talk to lane he better call me drunk uncle clip uh when we talk uh, let's take a break brian bailey joins us on the other side more to go pirate radio live after this
8: your temple
1: You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations, in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show.
5: All right, welcome back to the program. Be sure to check out David Price Construction for all your commercial or custom residential renovation and building needs. Run by ECU alumni, David Price Construction specializes in commercial projects, maintenance home facilities, and large scale residential renovations and additions. David Price Construction, the proud ECU Home Services partner. Call them today at 919-292-5532 or visit them online at
3: davidpriceconstruction.com. Now, let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, Flip Rock. Back with you. Pirate Radio Live here on a Monday. Thanks to regular Pirate Radio listener, contributor Robert Matthews, who uh, went to the Norfolk Tides game this weekend. And got me a cool hat. What do I say? I love a the tri-color hat with the white front. With the white base front. And, yeah. and boom, nailed it. I have to show this to Billy Weaver and make him jealous, old Norfolk Tides guy. Uh, but thank you, Robert, for that. Can't wait to rock it. All right, let's head out to the Pirate Radio live line. Joining us on this Monday, Double B, Brian Bailey. Bailey, how you doing,
9: man? Not too bad. How are you
3: doing good uh man hour one we talked to ashley blue from the uh sensation the owner of the sensation and uh, a lot of people are into that story that story is everywhere it's gone national now in fact he said he is going to be uh on uh what fox and friends tomorrow so he's going to be doing the uh, the interview car wash and people are interested in this story uh nabbed a giant blue marlin, but was disqualified due to mutilation. And, uh, Bailey, that's uh, a lot of the scuttlebutt going on right now from this year's Big Rock.
9: Yeah, and, and, you know, cut and dry, you look at the rule book and maybe that's the case, but you kind of you get the feeling that that's not how the rule was intended uh, when you look at all the factors involved. But I'll tell you, man, Ashley did a great job with that interview that you guys did with him. I mean, he's holding his head up high, and he deserves a lot of credit because I think there are a lot of us out there, myself included, that if it happened to me, I don't think I could have handled it that well. So give him lots of credit. I mean, he's a class act and and that was really well done with, with what you know he can't, had to say about everything. And that's just really tough, man. You go from the, the highest of highs to the lowest of lows in about a matter of an hour or so.
3: Yeah, and and as an outsider that uh, not, I'm not a fisherman, don't claim to be, seems like the only time I hear Big Rock news, and we talk about it every year, but when it when it goes national or whatever is in controversy, and it's happened a few times. Bailey, remember the the year that the the fisherman on the boat didn't have the proper fishing license and it got overturned or whatever. And we've had another mutilation story here in the past, so uh, it's kind of a shame. That's kind of how the world and news works that controversy sells, and uh, that's why it's back in the news as much as it is this year. Yeah,
9: and and, and you hate it because it's such a great event. You know they they do such a great job with it. There's so much money on the line, uh, and it went right down to the wire. I mean that's that's crazy how it came yeah. down to the last you know few minutes, and then the long fight, and then all those folks at the at the dock late night Saturday night. Talk about a party! With mean, ten thousand of your closest friends right there at the uh, at the Big Rock Landing, right there waiting to see that fish and, and see the weight. It's just a, it's a shame that it turned out like that. But again, I think Ashley did a great job with the interview. And, I mean, he's holding his head up high, and you, you hope that, that karma, you know, rewards him. And Down the line, maybe he'll come through with a, a big catch.
3: No doubt. Brian Bailey joining us. Another person holding their head up high. Uh, we just talked to Lane Hoover uh, coming off his final game as a pirate a couple weekends ago when they lost in the charlottesville regional and lane uh was able to get a base hit extend that ninth inning and uh or that eighth inning rather and then jacob starling just missed tying the game up with the grand slam but who've uh, he, he's one of a kind he's an all-timer bailey he's a uh you know chandler called a mr pirate playing uh, the most games ever in ecu history and uh we're gonna miss seeing him out there in the outfield
9: yeah, and I remember the first year he was playing, and he was hurt late in the season. And he walked by me down in Florida in the dugout. And he walked by. and I was like, "What's the bad boy doing over there?" <laughs> it was Lane Hoover. Yeah, I mean, but what a great Pirate! You know? <laughs> I heard you talking about his family, but uh, just a great kid. Great, you know, interview through the years, and I always had a smile on his face, and he just really, you know, always, always respected the game so much, respected the Pirate way, and uh the pirates are going to miss
3: him obviously great one coming up tonight uh in omaha bailey with lsu and wake forest great one going on right now as tennessee is threatening one out and they have a couple on they are tied with stanford in the seventh on the buccaneer music hall presented by the buck and we'll see uh if wake forest can remain invincible they have been dominant bailey they got a good lsu team tonight how much you following uh what's going on in omaha
9: I've had a great time watching it. I was out – I had a little bug last week, so I was out a couple of days at the end of the week last week and just had the crud like everybody seems to be having this this June. And uh, I had a chance just to sit around and watch games, and there were some good ones. I mean, it was was fun to watch. And I think uh, they, they have a betting line now of what hat Coach Whitfield will wear right behind home plate. You can actually go online and gamble on that to see what hat he wears the next game he's there every game isn't
3: he i was gonna bring that up bailey and um yes folks every year talk about it and then you have a a new person popping up hey who's the the gentleman in the east you had and it uh, it is george whitfield how did do you know how that all got started bailey how how many years has he been there how does he get that seat every year do you know the, the story behind that
9: no i and he talked about it you know i was fortunate enough uh this past year he has a hall of fame that he does for his baseball clinic, and he's stuck to be in the Hall of Famer. Brian
3: Bailey, Hall of Famer, joining us. I'm sorry I forgot to mention that, Bailey.
9: That's okay. Uh, but it was, <laughs> it was awesome just to hear him talk. He talked about the fact that you know his, his family says, hey, he's 85, he can't keep doing all this stuff, but he wants to keep doing it as long as he can, and he wasn't sure at the time if he was going to get back to uh, Omaha, but he said he was going to keep going as long as he could, but uh, he's, got, he's got the best seat in the house, doesn't he?
3: That he does, and uh, man, it'd be awesome if he could see the Pirates play there. One year at the College World Series, as uh, Tennessee does scratch a run across, so they lead it now 5-4, to four, two outs in the seventh inning, and they have a runner on third trying to add more. So we'll keep an eye on that one throughout the remainder of today's show. Bailey, uh, we'll talk a little football we got you here. Jamie says uh, well, he's got a fake question and a real question. Uh, his fake question is, what game during the season will Cooper Rush come in for Dak Prescott? What week do you give that? What week? What What week, yeah. What week is he coming in?
9: I hope never.
3: <laughs> okay. There's that one. Uh, and now an ECU question. Uh, the fact a starter has not been named yet has to lead to Flynn being the starter. True or not true? He said normally a tenured quarterback would have been told it's his job by this point. I, I mean, it's, it's open, and um, I don't know. What's your take on the, the ECU quarterback situation as uh, we still got a ways to go before fall camp, but it looks like that battle is going to keep going, right, Bailey?
9: Yeah, I think so. I think that, that you know, Flynn's done enough to, to keep his name right up there. Uh, Mason has all the tools, and it's just a matter of, you know, who, who runs the offense better when camp starts. And, you know, I think right now I could go either way. From what I've heard from people, what I've seen, what we saw in the spring game, I mean, You know, Flynn does a good job with running the offense, and you know sometimes that's what it takes. But you know, Garcia, as we've said, is a great kid, has all the tools, and you know, I mean, he can he can absolutely spin it. So it's going to be a good a good fight when camp starts.
3: Bailey, uh, I saw that Michigan was a 34 point favorite when they lost to Appalachian State in 2007, 36 point favorite against ECU. I don't know if that's good, bad. Doesn't matter at all. But uh, very similar spreads going into that opening game.
9: Yeah, it's kind of eerily similar, isn't it? Yeah. But, uh, I think it's it's going to be a, a a neat trip, a neat opportunity for East Carolina football. I mean, uh, I think we're all looking forward to it. I think it's going to be an absolute blast, and uh, you know that's that's one of the best teams you know in the country. I'm not sure what what what. How good was Michigan the year after State beat them? They were they weren't as ranked as high as they
3: were uh i actually looked that up too they were fifth uh that year bailey oh, Were they? Was yeah and in one of the rankings i saw they were 5th preseason when they lost this year they're probably going to be two or three uh right i was thinking yeah one two or
9: three well
3: one two or three yeah
9: yeah so very similar as
3: well brian bailey joining us pirate radio live line bailey how about over under uh one and a half players that played on ECU last year will play in an NFL game this year, in a regular season game?
9: Man, you got me on the draft. Same same, same type of question.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, I got everybody, to be fair. Everybody said over, and everybody was wrong. I guess my question is, you know, does Keaton Mitchell get in? Uh, I texted with Isaiah Winstead, who uh, he's with the Niners. He uh, just got back home recently. So, hey, I, I, from what I understand, he's doing good, uh, according to him. So, that's awesome. Holt Aylers in seattle and uh and maybe some other opportunities with ryan jones who i've seen some you know stuff about so you've got some players out there do you think we'll see one more than one uh play in the nfl game next year
9: i'm gonna say under one and a half just because i think one of those guys might break through but i don't think it's the end of the world if some of those guys don't break through this year i think yeah. you know a guy like a old nailers could you know hang around and, and you know i, I think we'll see a number of those guys in the preseason. I think we'll yeah. like a lot of Holton in the preseason. That's cool,
3: right, too, Bailey? I mean, we. it seems like we've had, I don't know, maybe a bit of a drought when it comes to Pirates in the pros. But, man, if these guys can stick around and stay uh, in, you know, the training camp and things like that, preseason football is all of a sudden going to be a little more interesting if we got some Pirates involved.
9: Exactly. And that's, you know, we've talked about it since Holton signed on with uh, Seattle. Right now he's the number three quarterback and, you know, that three quarterback gets a lot of work in the preseason. They want to see what that number three guy can do, and I think that's a that's great for Holton. And I'm looking forward to seeing him play.
3: BB, what you got coming up this week? WNCT Channel Nine Sports. Uh, you found anything to cover out there?
9: No, we're still looking. That big fish <laughs> is gone, so we don't have that anymore. So uh, it'll be it'll be one of those uh, those quiet weeks in June and July, and then we'll get cranked up and. In August, we've spent a lot of time this time of year trying to work on things for the fall so yeah look at some music for touchdown friday and look at some, some different ideas with our high school football show and then uh, getting ready for college football i'm trying to weasel away to go to the american athletic conference uh, media days in dallas coming up so
3: work i thought on- you boycotted that since they're not serving you all that great seafood anymore
9: no, I figure they got something, So I'll,
3: Maybe I'll, some I'll brisket or something. Yeah, maybe maybe even better. Who knows? I'm
9: sure they can find something to fatten me up even worse.
3: Yes, sir. Uh, Hall of Famer Brian Bailey joining us today on Pirate Radio Live. BB, enjoyed it. We'll uh, talk to you again soon, man.
9: Sounds good. Take care. Happy Monday.
3: All right, same to you, sir. There is Brian Bailey. Tennessee gets another run across the board on a either wild pitch or pass ball. It was spiked into the dirt. Catcher. Could not block it. So Tennessee gets another run across. They lead it six to four over the Cardinal as they play in the seventh. I did a, at the very beginning of the regionals, uh, the week leading up to it, a couple of days prior, did a College World Series draft where we pick a team, winner takes all. And my last team standing is Tennessee. So I'd like to see them at least survive one more day to give me a chance. All my other teams uh, have been eliminated.
5: I uh, let me. Did, ah. did somebody take Oral Roberts in that? Jenny. With the so. last pick. I don't mean to brag, but I helped her out with her draft. But I will say this I think she took Oral Roberts on her own. I believe she was like, I think I'm going to take Oral Roberts. I said, do whatever you want to. So Which is f- Florida?
3: I uh, will pull it up in just a moment. So Florida went fourth off the board to. Uh, a gentleman named Daly. okay yeah he won let's see who's still alive so jenny has lsu and oral roberts still left jenny also has tcu so she's got the winner of tcu oral roberts advancing jenny killed this draft and you're taking credit for that uh some of it uh let's see randall still has wake forest in i have tennessee who else is left jake has stanford so uh yeah we got a few people still alive my uh my picks of arkansas texas auburn east carolina maryland uh fell up a little short for me this year all right let's take a break we'll come back wrap up hour number two of pirate radio live big hour three on tap where you'll hear from pirate legends marcus crandall and jairus mcfell more to go prl on a monday back with you after this
1: listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show.
5: All right, welcome back to the program. Do you have real estate questions about buying or selling residential or commercial properties? Are you curious about this current real estate market? Do you need a property manager for rental houses? ECU Loan... ECU alum Scott Harris with Remax and SD Harris Properties can help answer every question you have and show you a stress-free real estate experience that will be memorable and enjoyable. If you have real estate questions, Scott has answers. Call Scott Harris today at 347-1857. And by the way, Frank Lee at the Appliances Superstore is inviting you to their grand opening this Wednesday, June 21st from 4 to 6 p.m., Come help them celebrate with light refreshments, and Frank and his team will also show you how they make buying appliances easy. They started with a truck, a trailer, and a storage unit. Today they have 12,000 square feet full of appliances, which is located right off of 264 behind the new DMV. They hope to see you June 21st this Wednesday from 4 to 6 p.m. Remember, they
3: save customers money every day
5: at the Appliances Superstore. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's
3: your host, Cliff Brock. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live, wrapping up hour number two. Uh, intern Joey, are you familiar with soccer or sport? Say that again. Absolutely. It's my favorite sport. All right. Can you help me out with um, just a couple of quick questions? So Greg Burhalter is the coach of the United yeah. States men's national they team. They reappointed him. Now, and I saw a lot of people were upset about this. That, but so was he coaching them when they won this most recent CONCACAF? trophy no no he wasn't at. so who was coaching
4: him. uh it was some interim coach i'm not sure of his name but it was some interim coach
3: okay why was burr halter not coaching them
4: uh so what they did is they got him to take a step down due to the whole daddy ball situation uh, okay from the world cup
3: so he was uh, okay he was not fired but he was removed he was removed from position to like reevaluate and try to find a different coach okay
4: uh and <laughs> in great fashion they just wasted about two three months and just appointed him again all
3: right i saw mexico fired their national coach today they
4: can't beat us anymore so that's (laughs) that's a beautiful thing to see
3: yeah usa beat mexico and uh canada
4: canada to win the gold cup
3: the gold cup we are gold cup champions chandler how does it feel i i can't explain it i'm (laughs) speechless (laughs) you are without speech all right. Well, thank you for clearing that up for me, uh, Joey. I was big into soccer. Uh, but God, I can't believe it's been like nine years now when I got uh, the World Cup had happened. The Premier League was about to start airing on NBC Sports Network, so it was going to be readily available to us here in the States. And I wanted to pick a team. And I like Swansea's logo, so I picked Swansea <laughs> City. And they were freaking awesome that year. They finished like top ten. And I was like, man, I made the right choice. And then I realized that in soccer, um, it's worse than the transfer portal and NIL and college sports. If you're good at all, they are just going to come up and take all your players. Oh,
4: yeah, absolutely. And leave
3: you with nothing. And yeah, that yeah, kind of yeah. happened to Swansea, and they got sent down. But soccer, I've found, is ruthless. Like, the the announcers are ruthless. The analysts, um, they, they fire coaches – they, brutal over there they give coaches sure. like two weeks and they're gone oh yeah it is uh if you think american sports are, are bad when it comes to things like that loyalty and uh and and long tenures oh my goodness it's crazy over oh, there oh yeah
4: especially they, they're they the most brutal or i guess critical of american coaches we had a, an american coach in jesse marsh for leeds united he uh <laughs> he got them they were doing well mid-table team and until they fired him, and they dropped off, and now they're getting relegated. So,
3: I'm trying uh, to find out. Swansea had an American coach for a little while. Yeah. And I'll try to pull up his name. That's funny you name. say you like their logo
4: because uh, shortly after they got relegated, they switched the logo, and now I think they're revamping next season. Oh, they went, ba- they went
3: to an old school logo. Mm-hmm. But now they're the- coming
4: back to that logo I assume that you liked.
3: Bob Bradley was the manager. Gotcha. Who, um, his son, Michael, was on the national team, right? Michael, michael bradley michael bradley yeah, yeah.
4: him in his shiny head
3: this has been soccer talk on pirate <laughs> radio live how about that i um i went to a wedding this weekend did you really yeah my cuz got married nice and um did you dress up did you have a suit on it was nah. it was uh it's a long sleeve button up open bar i was looking good uh it was mm. um i had some sweet tea though but the first song they danced to i was thinking about this chandler one day you're gonna find the one and get hitched their first dance was to you're all i got to give to make all your dreams come true you know what i'm talking about you know and my first song dance song was um i see you (laughs) i see you see the
8: Beautiful song. Beautifully
3: sung. I see So what's your um and your your lovely lady's gonna have some input on this, but what do you want your first dance to be to?
5: Why don't we get drunken? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Why don't we, we get drunk? Man, they did it right, though. It was, uh, it was very quick. It was... The weather helped out. Beautiful weather. It was all outdoors. Amazing food. Prime rib. It was awesome.
5: That's got to be very stressful because you plan this wedding. Some people do it right away. They'll plan. They'll go ahead and get the wedding over with. But uh, some people, a lot of people they'll plan this year or two out and you have to hope that the weather is going to be okay that day yep. and so it's very stressful so it's great to great to know that the weather was perfect it was perfect back home uh in my homeland in samson county so uh but that's that's great to have uh, some good weather for an awesome awesome wedding
3: yeah and i was wondering why 6 30 it's kind of late but they did that so it would cool off a little bit and i mean it was perfect it was well was it done. outside the whole thing was outside wow meet me out cash me outside cash
5: me outside how How about that how
3: by (laughs) that what y'all do this weekend
4: i went home took uh spent some time with the family father's day
3: mr joe ed
4: yes sir uh said what's up to them and what's up pops now i'm back
3: (laughs) welcome back
5: hung out i hung out in roseboro at my dad's place um went down to my mom's place on saturday night they had a guy playing who i really like to listen to he plays a lot of old country music 90s country and stuff like that so i listened to him on saturday night had a good time and then i went to a gender reveal yesterday for a buddy of mine and his <laughs> wife uh how'd they do the reveal uh they just had one of those things that you twist and it pops and uh they're having a boy so congratulations to trace and brooke uh they're having a a boy so i went to that and then i went back home and we hung out by the pool me mom and dad and uh had a good time had a good father's day
3: had a good Spent had a, with old clark at a big old time mm-hmm. good deal chandler um my dad said he really likes our bryce williams song said we do a good job on that thanks junior said you also did a good job on your um name that sound intro because i was saying like i, I told my parents i want to be the wedding not dj but i want to do karaoke tracks to every song played at the wedding like my voice singing all the songs <laughs> i think if, if we all put together our talents we could come up with an album and you won't even need to hire a dj no you just put this uh disc in or i guess they do it digitally now <laughs> it's like an old man you got this cd right and you put it in um but no you just upload it on a computer what's the cd could, could you imagine <laughs> us exactly, could dude. you
5: imagine us singing the electric side or like the uh
3: Cha cha slots. Yes, I can imagine all that. Right foot, two stop. You say right fart? Right foot, two stop. Okay, good. We're not farting in the song. We c- hey, we could mix it up a little bit. Instead <laughs> of stop, we can do farts. <laughs> two farts this time. plank plank That wasn't going to stink. Everybody, crap your pants. <laughs> see, this <laughs> is why we can't do it, man. Did, you,
5: see, did you hear Joey? He said, man, I did. He said, that wasn't going to stink. It was good. That was a good
3: one, but like, yeah, so we had a good clean fun idea and we just ruined it in a matter of seconds it's kind of how we do things uh tyler said got to check out that new dolly parton song is this a joke is that a Uh-oh. is there a punchline coming i can smell it is there or are you being serious
4: he's just not typing fast enough
3: <laughs> is dolly know. parton still putting out music we'll never know all right let's take a break when we return Marcus Crandall, Jarris McPhail, Mac two Pirate Greats coming up on hour three of power Radio Live will also make you a winner. That is all ahead when we return back with you after this. <laughs> <laughs>
1: listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light, reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome
5: back to the program. Carolina Caliber has the area's largest selection for outdoor shooting sports and accessories, and it's one of the top firearm dealers anywhere at Carolina Caliber. They have everything you need for hunting, home defense, and personal personal protection including a wide variety for ladies and youth carolina caliber will buy sell and trade carolina caliber locally owned and operated since 1960 on
3: fire fire tower road in winterville now let's head back into prl here's your host clip rock all right be careful out there on those country roads bob huggins may be driving <laughs>
5: Hug too you soon too soon too soon man that guy has got himself into a
3: heap of trouble in just a matter of like three months <laughs> and has cost him his job two things that can get you in trouble that i know very well uh, I, I can relate can i guess them yeah
5: well i hope this doesn't this hasn't gotten you trouble before but you know, slurs and duis i was
3: gonna say speaking on the radio
5: <laughs> okay. just in general.
3: Yeah. yeah. That can get you in trouble depending on what you say. Yeah. And also uh drinking and driving. Uh just two things that first of all, you can speak on the radio without getting in trouble. I've been able to do that for many years. Um it's uh and I guess technically you can get away with uh driving while drunk. But uh if you are caught, you uh will get into a lot of trouble and it's just it's not recommended. Let's be safe. Let's uh, keep ourselves safe and our fellow man and woman man safe and not do that. What do you think?
5: I, I, I,
3: <laughs> Are y'all co-signing What else that? am I supposed to say to that? I mean, that is <laughs> you, I just, No, I
5: don't know. Do you, do you disagree with me? me? No,
3: I don't. Well, There's nothing to add because that is straight facts. That is straight facts. All right. Well, Joey had not chimed in. Maybe he thinks it's okay to just drink Get responsible. And drive.
8: No, no. Is that no, what
3: no. you think, Joey? No, absolutely not. All
1: Listen, right,
4: I just, uh, yeah, there's no comment on this. Topic. <laughs> Wait, come on,
5: <laughs> Joey, Joey, just say you agree. Just I, say I you. agree. I agree. You're right. I agree. No drinking and driving. <laughs> there
3: is no buts about this. No right. ifs, ands, or buts. Buts. Country road, take me home. So, West Virginia looking for a basketball coach after Huggy Bear stepped down. Um, let's see. Jamie's got a dumb joke. Let's hear it. Tyler asked uh, if we heard the new Dolly Parton song. He said, I heard it was changed from Jolene to Joey.
8: Oh, <laughs>
3: let's sing it, Chandler. Joey, 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 Joey.
4: That would be my walk-up song. <laughs> if ECU, if Coach Godwin ever wants to give me an at-bat, that's what's going up on the screen.
5: And it's us singing? Yeah. All right, cool. We should do that for the players next year. We should sing their walk-up songs.
3: <laughs> what was the uh, the Taylor Swift thing? Jerry says he got in trouble, trouble, trouble going to the Taylor Swift concert in Pittsburgh. Was he at the concert or was he like around the concert? I haven't read into it. So Huggy
5: Bear is Swifty.
3: I do know it. it was in the vicinity of a Taylor Swift concert because... I just saw somebody tweet like, can you imagine the juxtaposition of, you belong to me, being screamed out, and Bob Huggins is getting arrested. <laughs> I don't know. kind of. You belong with me. <laughs> the cops saying, you belong with me, Bob. <coughs> Come on in. All right. Uh, enough of that. So Marcus Crandall, a.k.a. The Cran Man, a.k.a. Mark C., uh, has been out of town for a couple weeks. He will join us live on the show once again this Thursday and before he left town uh we recorded a lot of awesome interviews uh, all that you have heard except one and the last one here for you is jairus mcfell former pirate running back great and uh we recorded that a couple weeks ago here in the pirate radio studios so let's hear part one of that right now myself marcus crandall and jairus mcfell all right, let's head out to the Pirate Radio live line. Joining us, former ECU running back Jairus McPhail, as we'll talk uh, some old Pirate football here with Marcus Crandall. Jairus, how you doing today? Good. How you guys doing? Doing good. And, uh, we we. Uh Good to show some love to the running backs, Marcus. We focus so much on the passing game from that era of pirate football, but man, some awesome running backs, including Jairus Mcfell when I, when I say Jarris Mcfell, uh, what what kind of stands out to you, Marcus? what do you what do you remember? Speed, speed <laughs> speed kills, man. <laughs>
0: yeah, Jairus was one of those uh, dynamic backs for us. Uh, he came out of the backfield. We talked to coach Doug Martin yesterday, Jairus, and in, uh, in regards to how we kind of uh, revolutionized the game at our time uh, during our time, and so uh, how we spread teams out and uh, release backs out of the backfield and um, try to create the m- mismatches uh, for linebackers. And uh, you were one of those guys who were very important piece for us to, uh, for our success in in doing so.
10: Oh yeah, man! You know that was a great opportunity, great time back in the days with Coach Doug Martin, man, and and the genius mind that he had. To always try to create a mismatch, man. That was definitely a lot of fun, man. Because it's one thing to have a, a corner on you, but then when you got a big slow linebacker on you, <laughs> to me, it was funny. <laughs>
3: Jarvis, we uh, we we've talked a lot, Marcus, about guys changing positions from high school to college and things like that. I'm looking at your stats, Jarvis. It has you listed as a wide receiver, uh, your first year playing at East Carolina before uh, going to running back uh, the other two years. But uh, how about that transition, and, uh, and and what was that like for you? Well, you know, actually
10: coming out of um, high school, I had the opportunity to play at just any ACC school as far as the corner. Um ECU, and I think it was Wake Forest, gave me an opportunity to play running back. Um, and I actually started out at Wake Forest and then, of course, you know, transferred to ECU. But, you know, it, it was it was a, something that, you know, in a, when you I guess when you're in smaller schools, um, you play all types of positions. You know, now everybody's sort of specific. They got running backs or DBs. But I just think, you know, it gave me more of an opportunity to actually, you know, play college ball because I was willing to actually, you know, play dB play corner play whatever man so it was a great opportunity for me to made you know of course um it gave me some advantages that a lot of people didn't have just being willing to actually change positions.
3: Talking to Jairus McPhail, Marcus, uh, a couple of weeks ago, the the world and the, and the football world lost a great in Jim Brown at running back. And, and that day, uh, my buddy Tony was in here, and, and we did, we talked about running backs the entire hour just because that news had just come out. And, um, you know, I, I asked him, who's the best running back he's seen play kind of here in, in, in the modern era-ish? And he said Marshall Falk. And he said because of his dynamic ability to catch the football and looking at Jairus' numbers here, uh, 185 rushing attempts his final year at ECU, 38 catches. And and that that's kind of unheard of at that time, catching uh, all those passes as a running back in 1995 in college football. And you touched on it a little bit ago, Marcus, but how, how about what you guys were doing there at ECU back in those times? How much fun was it to, to play in that offense, Jairus?
10: Oh, it, it was major fun, man! Major fun. We knew we was gonna be able to move the ball up and down the field, and like Marcus said, man, we was able to create mismatches that a lot of other teams couldn't do. Because you know, I really was, you know, semi wide receiver playing running back, you know, because I could actually take the punishment. But man, it was it was a lot of fun, and you know, just seeing Marcy drop back, hit Larry Shannon, hit Mitchell Galloway, man, it was uh, it was it was a lot of fun. It, it was definitely some memories that um I would definitely always be fond of. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, Jairus, and uh, one of the other things we always talk about, man, is uh, in, in the world of sports is, is biding your time, man. You you sat behind a great uh, historic uh, running back here at East Carolina and Junior Smith, and uh, you got some playing time sparingly uh, during his time here as well. But uh, talk to us a little bit about what, what that was like for you sitting back in the wings and waiting for Junior Smith and how much you learned from him and all those things.
10: Man, I get chills right now. Even talking about Junior, man, he was just—he was just so humble. Man, the guy was a beast. I think Junior was—he was probably maybe a little before his time because, you know, right now, man, that dude would been a number one draft pick. Man, he was a—he was a superstar in college. He was a superstar in high school, but he was so willing to actually um, take you on his wing and learn. Man, I'll never forget. Man, I was dead tired one day. And Steve Logan, he was like, "Everywhere this guy go, I want you to be right behind him. If he go to the bathroom, I want you to go right to the bathroom." But man, I just stayed with that dude, man. But he was just willing to actually, um, you know, teach me everything that he he actually knew, and he was actually a, a big time student of the game, man. So I really, really, definitely respect that about him.
3: Jairus, uh, you mentioned high school there. Tell us about your your high school career. Where'd you go, and uh, and what were those years like for you?
10: Man, that, that those years was um you know we brag about it now because so many guys, you know, back in the days I you know it was almost like the norm, man, at, at Clinton High School. Um, you know, for most of us, it's like you play, you was a superstar, you get Division One scholarship, you can make a choice on which school you want to go to, and it was basically the, almost like the norm, man. For like five years, we were just rolling hard, D one play people throughout. Um, but man, to play from my high school. I don't I, know, I from middle school up until my high school, I think we lost like four games. We were just building on that dynasty. Man, that was so much fun. I always tell everybody, even though I played at the highest level, I had more fun playing football in high school and college than I did, of course, um, you know, playing in, in the league.
3: Jairus McPhail joining us. And, Jairus, want to talk about your time, uh, you know, with the Dolphins and post-ECU. But you mentioned uh, Clinton and our, our producer here, Chandler, is uh, aware. So do you have a, a gym currently, Jairus? Yes, I do. I actually, I got
10: into the gym business. You know, I was trying to do all the things that a lot of people were telling me not to do um, coming out of the league. <laughs> they were like, listen, don't invest in no clothing store, don't do no restaurant, don't do no nightclub, don't do none of that. So I took a chance on the restaurant business. And needless that I know um, it was a major headache. So we actually transitioned from the restaurant business. To actually, the gym business, and um, and it actually took off there for a while, man. I'm, you know, Clint Small Town, man, but we started off, and I think it's probably about nine years ago, and um, you know, like I said, small town, but we had like two thousand members at one point in time, and then all of a sudden, the corporate world they started what we had going on, and they brought a corporate gym to, uh, to town, but we're still doing
3: really good. Definitely doing good. Well, that is awesome to hear, and then we can get more into that, but our, our producer here, Chandler's is uh, from near that area, and I guess he's been in there. He said there's a newspaper article up that talks about Jarris McPhail's 41940. Uh, he said it was up in the gym. And Fast. I'm looking at the digital version of that. Uh, but this was from 1997. Said you ran a uh, 41440, I guess, uh, while you were there in Miami, right? Jarris, tell us about that, uh, that. And how legit is that 419, Jarris?
10: And, and, and you know, like I said, whenever you're doing it, you just get caught up in the moment. You're like, okay, you know, mate. but now since it's so hard for people to do, man, I like to brag about that. <laughs> 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 the, more, the more you can hear about all them stories. But, uh, man, I give credit to Coach Connors. I saw Coach Connors, I think, uh, Jeff Connors. I saw him, I think it was about three weeks ago in Cary. And, um, and um, he was coming out someplace and I was in a restaurant. But I was like, I told my wife, I said, that dude right there, he turned me into a beast because, you know, coming out of high school, man, it's like everybody just run, like just, just, just run. But man, he taught us the technique. He was like, just so studious as far as, you know, technique and what we do. And man, he actually turned me into a, um, Man, I won the fastest men in the world. Now I wouldn't have said that back in '96, '97, but now, man, I back then I tell all them little kids, I was like, man, I won the fastest men in the world at one point time.
0: It's the truth, Jarius. <laughs> Jarius, it, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things, man, where uh, people work so hard to get and work towards. It, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely a hard accomplishment to, to achieve, and so. Um, I was just glad to be your teammate, man, and, and be able to hand you the ball and, and watch you do your thing and uh, throw it to you as well. So
3: Throw it to it him was, and uh, get that yards after catch, right? Because yeah, that exactly. goes on your stats too, Marcus. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> I throw it for five, you take it for 60. There you go. <laughs> it's <laughs> awesome.
3: <laughs> and Jerris, I'm, uh, I'm a Washington fan, and back then I remember because I thought Daryl Green was like he was – uh, you know, my dad's. I feel like Daryl was my uncle or something. I was such a big fan of his, and he was fastest man in the NFL. And used to always talk about that. And back in those days, pre-internet, pre-YouTube, it was kind of word of mouth and, and newspaper articles. Yeah. So that, that was a big deal back then, right, Jerris? Man, it, it
10: was it was major deal because one of my main goals, even you know, in high school, I was like, man, I want to be on that NFL fastest man competition because you know that back in the days, that's what they were doing. Yeah, yeah. They'd come in, fastest man competition. I said, man, one day I'm going to win that. And about two years before I got in the league, they stopped doing it. <laughs> but I, and it was like, and see, like I said, I can brag about that thing now. Because, right. Man, it, we was running, you know, we had the 1640s, And um, it was like conditioning drill. And then all of a sudden we just started doing our little sprint. And Terrell Buckley and I think it was Jason Taylor. Man, we was like on our 10th one. And I actually ran that on like my left the twelfth, um, actual sprint. Oh, yeah. so I was like, man, if you had caught me at about my second or third one, and we was sprinting, yeah, it'd have been a whole nother ball game. But yeah, I was, I, I was that dude when it came to speed back in the day. Yes, sir.
3: The speed demon Jarris uh talking with Marcus Crandall, and I will have more of that interview coming your way in just a moment. Man, four. Let's say 419 419,
5: and he has it proudly in well, I'm sure he has it in his gym, but the gym in Roseboro is no longer there. But um, it, it, was, it was right there as soon as you walked in the door, as soon as you walked to the door and turned right, and it, that's uh, that's what you saw was that article,
3: Mr. 419. And Jared uh, helped me out
5: a lot in my high school football career in the summertime. We used to do some training camps and stuff. Was that how you there. got so fast? Oh man, dude, I ran a four, I ran a five flat, I used to ran a five five i got to a five flat just because of jairus mcfell for real no i ran about a four (laughs) eight four
3: nine four eight four nine on a good day oh yeah that's important for long snappers to get down the field cover those punts yeah got it you got to have that straight line speed absolutely
4: long snapper in high school
5: (laughs) did you not know that no because i was a
4: punter and a kicker so
3: oh god here we go all right, well, we can go out and snap We had the whole kick. special teams crew in here now. Absolutely,
5: perfect. Cheer. I'm a former long snapper, so I love talking about this position. I'm a former specialist myself. I used to long snap. All right, I'm going to talk about my favorite part of football, special teams. How's Are uh, you t-
1: that's his truth? You mean that?
5: I'm a former long snapper.
1: So oh, shoot. Okay. Yeah.
3: That was Chandler at ECU Football <laughs> Media Day, where we learn about the players on the team. But in all his interviews, he just told the players and coaches about himself fair enough they they. i
5: would them. ask them a question and then i would answer my own question saying before you answer here's what i have to say about it
3: i can't wait till this year's media day because chandler you got to go out there and do that again you got to say like talk more about himself i'm one of you guys i'm a former long snapper <laughs>
5: yeah no nah.
3: and this year we got to talk to the long snappers on the roster sure
5: why not alex harper they started just about every single game last year why not get them out there I, I i played against him in high school you know what i'm rooting for him too
4: because i saw him quote tweet somewhere on twitter they ranked you know barstool does his rankings top 50 of whatever no position. that
3: was stupid big game boomer but yes oh, i know what you're game talking boomer.
4: about okay they did top 50 and he was nowhere to be found so he'll be number one by the end of the year for but
3: sure. number one on that list Chandler. former
5: former, per, former pirate slade roy
3: you gotta call a slade a slade slade roy who transferred from ecu to lsu number one on a list that is impossible to make i I don't know why and and i we've had big boomer on this show i did not set that up i would have never had him on the the conversation was fine and i did tell him that i don't like his list i had to tell i couldn't be fake I couldn't be phony about it but we had a good chat good interview in fact he'll probably come back on the show we're like hey if you want to talk football come back on so but the lists are so dumb how does he know the 32nd best long snapper in the, the college football is? Yeah. You don't. You just see a list from somewhere else. You copy paste it and then people talk about it. I, I don't know how you, people get sucked into this crap. I hate do, it. Do you want to know the truth? What? I am his field steel to long snappers. You gave him that information? Yeah. Is that your <laughs> list? Yeah. That's my list. Are you little game Chandler? <laughs> but I'm like the
5: field steel of long snappers. Just yeah. like Phil Steele's the Phil Steele of college football. Phil Steele's
3: the Phil Steele of Phil Steele. <laughs> You're the Phil Steele of long snappers. Fine, whatever. Let's make somebody a winner, Chandler. Open up the booty bag.
8: Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere.
3: Robert Skipper is in the house. Hey, Robert Skipper. Hey, listen, looky here. I he said, hey, clip what's up? goodfellas it here he's on a rampage all right 317-1250 chandler what are we giving away today a shrimp taco lunch to chico that would be shrimply delicious shrimply Mollis delicious i don't even know if that's up here <laughs> we gotta find that for mike mullis all right caller four is a winner right now 317-1250 call in we'll get your info and we'll get you that shrimp taco more to go with jairus mcfell when we return after this
1: You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show.
5: Alright, welcome back to the program. Orthopedics East and Sports Medicine Center has been caring for the for Pirate Nation and the student athletes at East Carolina University for more than 35 years and are the official team physicians for ECU Orthopedics East and Sports Medicine Center provides a variety of general and specialized operative and non-operative orthopedic services to meet the needs of the patients in Eastern North Carolina. For more information, call 757-2663 or visit ortho east Com. And congratulations to Mark Hall of Winterville. He is the winner of a shrimp taco lunch to Chico's. Grab your amigos and head to Chico's. Enjoy your favorites like shrimp tacos, steak and chicken fajitas, burritos, enchiladas, ACP, and more. Plus, ice cold cervezas and Chico's famous margaritas are always available. For Mexican food and fun, it's got to be Chico's. Now let's head back into PRL
3: here is your host clip brock back with you Pirate radio live steve Hill said that joey was the only person in the greater greenville pitt county area who didn't know chandler was a former long snapper we've been trying to get the word out as much as we can we didn't get to joey so tell a friend joey we got to spread the word I got you, I will. all right um congratulations former dh conley viking and current pirate dixon williams he has been named the cow Ripkin uh, league offensive player of the week so he was uh hitting the ball last week for the bethesda big train the big train and he's the having League. a
5: um he's kind of having a ryan McChrystalik uh esque ryan mccrystal <laughs> oh, a ryan mccrystal uh summer <laughs> no
3: yeah. i think you're trying to go esque on the end of that he's having a
5: ryan McChrystal esque there i go ryan McChrystal esque summer
3: when it comes to hitting the baseball thank you for saying that let's get back to the interview Jarris mcfell and marcus crandall as uh talked to the had those guys in here a couple of weeks ago let's hear part two of that chat and uh and now look at more modern times marcus uh we've had some speed demons here at east carolina about uh, 15 or so tw- uh, years ago, it was Chris Johnson who uh, blew it up at the NFL combine with his four two four and had a great NFL career. And now another Pirate Jair trying to make it in the league is Keaton Mitchell, who has that uh, that world-class top speed. Uh, were you able to watch those guys in the purple and gold? What do you think about those speedy running backs for ECU? Oh, oh yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh,
10: B, Chris Johnson was a monster, man. He could take that punishment, and he had that breakaway speed, and it was obvious what he did in the NFL. And, um... Yeah, even even with the, the guy that's coming out now, man, this guy is he's shifty. Uh he you know, he can catch the ball out of the backfield and he has that breakaway speed. And they used to always tell us one thing you can't coach is speed. Now you can coach technique, but if he's fast, he's just gonna be fast. So you have to sort of coach the technique. But man, these guys gonna um especially the guys that's coming out now, man, he he he's gonna definitely make a make a major impact and somebody's gonna definitely have a, a great running back, that's for
3: sure. Jaris McPhail joining us. Jaris, uh, I remember going to school. If you were fast, uh, you were pretty cool. You used to go out and race folks, and if you could beat them, you were the man. So, like, at what point did you know, man, I'm faster than everybody? Uh, were you racing uh, kids when you were younger? What was that like growing up?
10: Oh, yeah, we, we were definitely racing back in the days. We would actually um, be at a park, and then we will race back home um, to a little projects that we, that we lived in. And I knew back then um, that I had that speed. And then when I really got with Coach C and he sort of honed in on my skills, it it was a it was a whole nother deal. But I thought I was gonna be in the NBA at um um I thought well, I think even out of out of high school I was six two. But then when I actually got measured at NFL Combine, for some reason I shrunk to like five three four. that was that was a problem. But I thought I was going to the NBA and you because know, where I used to dunk on the folks. But I used to always tell everybody, you know, that speed as far as, you know, you got speed you and baby jump in most cases. And, uh, uh, and and we had that but you know that was always bragging rights cuz everybody's like, "Oh man, he's fast, he's fast." And um, he used to help me back in the days with a couple of girls too, so that was that was real
0: good. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> hey, hey Jerry, so that that speed got you the opportunity as we talked about to play for to get drafted by the Miami Dolphins and uh, and then you were able to uh to experience uh, something that a lot of people have not have not experienced was to play with a Hall of Fame quarterback in Dan Marino. Uh, I know you and I talked about that over the years uh, when you were there. Uh, but just uh, give us a little um, brief uh, synopsis of what that looked like for you and how, how that uh, experience was for you going into the Miami Dolphins Stadium or facilities and then seeing one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game.
10: Man, it was crazy. Dan, man, he was so cool. Um, great, great guy to hang out with on that football field. If you didn't do what you were supposed to do, now he definitely get on the foot. But man, I was just like a wide idea, you know, coming from ECU, you know, small town, and then all of a sudden you got to play and, and, and you're in a locker room with Hall of Famers. Man, it it was, it was a great experience. Um, but you know, of course, and I know you know, Marcus, because you actually, you know, you played and played pro ball, and it was a deal to where that NFL is not for long. And and one thing about it, I was fast, but Whenever you do things, like you run a 419, you already know what comes with that. Every time you touch the ball, you're going to have to go at least 60 or 70 yards. And when the injuries start to kick in and stuff like that, it could be real frustrating. But, man, just to say, man, because one thing I brag about now, and I do a whole lot more bragging, it's just because I'm an old dude. I'm an old hit now. <laughs> <laughs> I did do that. But, man, I caught a touchdown pass from a Hall of Famer. And I had the third longest touchdown run in Dolphin history at that time, 71 or 73 yards on Monday Night Football. So, man, it was was great. It was great. It was great. And, man, I I was just so thankful for the opportunity. But, of course, you know, with with some of the the ebbs and flows in life, man, you sort of have to transition, and, and, and that's pretty much what we did. But, man, it was a great opportunity. Great opportunity.
3: Jarvis McPhail joining us. We uh, talked to Pernell Griffin uh, yesterday, Jairus, and uh, he told a story about meeting the bus Jerome Bettis right there at the line and uh, just the thud, of the sound that that made. Um, now, you were trying to run around people more than over them like Jerome Bettis was, but did you have any run-ins with Jason Taylor, Zach Thomas? Uh, you mentioned T-Buck, some great defensive guys on that side of the ball for Miami. What were those, uh, those practices and, and that trash talking like for you?
10: Now, one thing about it, you know, I was, I was more of a shifty back and a little, little underweight. I used to hate blitz pickup. And I have to have somebody like Zach Thomas, and this was every Tuesday. He's starting out at about 10 yards across on the ball. He's running four feet, and we just got to third. Now, he was killing me most of the time, but I do have a pitcher where I'm just striking out, and he's just trying to dodge my toes. So, uh, and I and I definitely got that, and I always keep that. But that was, that was a lot of fun, man. Cause, you know, Jason and, and Zach, man, they were they 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 hall of famers, man. And to just be on the field with them, and we all used to live in the same community, man. That was uh, that was big. But Zach. Yeah, you told us that right now. Zach remember me. I know he will. <laughs> <laughs> I tell
8: like
10: my friends now, like, yeah, man, I made Zach what he was. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey hey Jerus,
0: <laughs> I, I know you talk about you brag a lot more nowadays than uh than you had been in the past or didn't than you did in the past. But uh I I I know for sure you're a man of faith and and all of that, so let's let's get of a Give them a different picture of what that's like, and uh, where that bragging really kind of stemmed from in regards to you know God's plan for you, man.
10: Man, one thing about it, man. I, I, you know, a lot of people, and you know, one of my greatest, I guess, um, remarks I can get from people is that they don't they don't know me. That I, I'm so humble, and then it's almost like you know you have to sort of tell them what you did, and that's always good because I've always came from a humble background. I'm just joking about the you know that even the bragging and stuff like that, you know. It just feels good to baby do some of the things that so many people dream about doing. But, man, God, man, man, you know, like most athletes, we start completely from the bottom. You know, you actually go through life and you do certain things and you're thankful for it. But, man, I know at the end of the day, if it wasn't for the, for the good Lord up above, man, I wouldn't even be here and I wouldn't be as successful as I am right now, even as a businessman. So I'm definitely thankful, man. I give him all the praise, man. We got a little saying that we say at the gym, God first, hard work, can't lose. So that's our motto, man. That's what we live by. Yeah,
3: absolutely, man. That's awesome. Jarris McPhail joining us, Pirate Radio Live Line. Jarris, who are your uh, favorite running backs to watch these days when you turn on an NFL game? Well man, um Right if you
10: hadn't said anything, I would say <laughs> them right out right now. Um let's see, what 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 are some of the top top three, top three running backs in the league right about now?
3: I, know, I, I, a lot of people like Jonathan Taylor, the young guy from uh, from Indy. He's up there on a lot of lists. Um, uh, Derrick Henry. Of course, big Derrick Henry, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, Derrick Henry, man, he reminded me of
10: Eddie George. Man, I'll never yeah. forget. We was at the combine down in Indy. And I was like, because I ain't really, you know, know the faces. But, so, man, I was talking, it was me, and I forgot exactly who it was. And I was like, man, look at that linebacker, man. That dude is ripped, up, man. <laughs> it was Eddie George, man. Eddie George looking like a grown man when we were looking like little boys, man. So, you know, you got people like Derrick Henry. That's that's the beast. And like you said, Taylor. Taylor, man, he's just so versatile in everything that, that he's doing. Um, but, um, you know, there's that, a lot of great ones out there,
3: man. Um, McCaffrey, kind of a, a shifty guy, if you want to yeah. call him that, that can catch balls like yourself.
10: And, you know, back in the days, man, um, people like McCaffrey, you always wanted to sort of play in what they would call that West Coast offense because somebody like myself that was a receiver out of the backfield, man, I always loved those guys. And then like like um, Mark C. was saying, you know, that Marshall Falk and the, being that versatile back, those are the type of backs that I like. You know, Derek Henry, he's a grown man and he's a bruiser. Um, But I like the ones that sort of can catch that thing
0: and make them linebackers look about crazy. Yeah, you mentioned Junior Smith uh, being before his time. Uh, De- uh, McCaffrey is one of those guys that kind of reminds you of Junior Smith in regards to, mm-hmm. you know, he- he's not uh, tall in stature, but, uh, man, he can bring it when he wants to. Uh, he's hard to cover out of the backfield, and he's so versatile, like you said, to to get matched up with linebackers and, and make big plays. And, uh, yeah, like you said, Junior – if if he was uh, coming out of college today, so to speak, he probably would be in those top categories of um, of offensive running backs coming out of the um, coming out of college into the NFL, possibly.
10: I'd tell everybody, man. First the second round all day if he was coming out right about now. He reminds me a lot of the guy from I forgot his name from um, Kansas State. Um, his dad is actually a coach. I think a coach for a recruit for the Cowboys. But man, um,
3: oh Deuce Vaughn.
10: Yeah, 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 yeah. Junior was, was way ahead of his time, man. But, man, i tell you this this, this crazy story um, when I was down in Cleveland. Because, man, I had the opportunity, like you said, to play with Dan Marino, Hall of Famer. But also, I was in Detroit with Barry Sanders. But I've never in my life with Barry Sanders seen a running back go in a hole and come out at the same speed. Man, Barry, and you talk about humble, and you talk about, man, in practice he just ran some sprints every now and again. But, man, that dude was a, man, he was a joy to watch. I've never been on a team where all the defensive guys would stand up when the offensive was actually um, on the field. Straight beat. <laughs>
0: man, that's awesome.
10: But, but man, I, I went to Cleveland, right? I got drafted to Cleveland in the expansion draft. And uh, I went to Cleveland. And, you know, in high school I was 23. East Carolina I was 23. So I said I couldn't get 23 when I was down in Miami. So I was going to go 32. So I was 32 in Miami. So then when I left Miami and I got drafted to an expansion draft to Cleveland, I said, man, I was in the training room. I said, listen, um, I'm going to go ahead and switch that up. I'm, I'm going to keep on 32. Man, that was Jim Brown, though, man. <laughs> <came back and laughs> they looked like, at just, you like. <laughs> <laughs> like I, and I, I forgot where I was at, man. I was like, man crazy, <laughs> But, but yeah, man, it, it was a great time, great experience, man. And I I, I just thank the Lord for um, how he blessed my life, man, and gave me so many opportunities. And, uh, man, I just look forward, man, to making things happen nowadays
3: all right before we let you go jairus we like to to look back and and uh, i like to ask the folks about their favorite plays or memories or games or moments uh when you go back and uh and think about your time at ecu what what kind of pops in your brain well you
10: know it's it's definitely those liberty bowls um and being able to go you know back to back liberty bowls um that was definitely you know a great experience for me but one thing I, i definitely remember and you know, now I don't even fly. I have to drive. I'm about like, um, uh, well, anyway. I, I, don't, I was going to say I, John
3: Madden used to John not Madden. fly.
10: I'm like, yeah. I'm like John Madden. If I can't if I can't drive there, I'm, I'm not going now. But I would never forget, my. I think it was my sophomore year, we actually went. And that was my first plane ride. My first plane ride in the world was with ECU when we went to play the Huskies, Washington. So you mm. know how long that flight was. <laughs> we go over there and we played the Huskies and Napoleon Kaufman. Man, now they they beat us up pretty good, but um, that whole experience, man, that was that was big for us. And to go to a stadium like that, man, it it was crazy, man. So yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, it was definitely an eye opener, right, Jarius? Um, like we came from we we both from small towns. Yours was um, as far as the high school level as as uh, I was one A. You guys were a little bit higher, uh, but coming from a small town and going to see that kind of stadium, that atmosphere, man, it was definitely um, eye opening for sure.
10: Man, it was eye-opening, and, and, and you know, like, like some what some people take for granted, man, it was like a lot of us, man, it was our first flight. You know, college, when you go to college, like, that's the first time you ever fly, which you would think, you know, now it's almost like the norm, but, man, it's just so eye-opening, man, it's such a blessing experience to be able to sort of, you know, travel the world and, and, and do what you really love to do, man. So it was a great time, man, but I, I'm just so thankful. Uh, for ECU, give me that opportunity, man. I was so thankful to try to do my best to represent ECU. Um, when I was in the league, man, it was just –
3: it was great. Man. It was great. Mr. Uh, 419 made Zach Thomas a Hall of Famer. Uh, Jaris McPhail <laughs> joining us. That's how I'm going to promote you now. <laughs> That's, it. That's uh, it. Marcus, anything else for Jaris before we let hey, him go today? Hey, hey,
0: uh, all good, man. And, um, Jaris, keep, uh, keep up the good work, man, on – your business endeavors and uh, everything that you're doing right now. And uh, always, as as usual, man, keep the faith and uh, stay strong in
3: the Lord for sure.
10: Hey, man, you guys keep us in prayer, man. I definitely appreciate it. Anytime we can do anything, man, to help you guys, whatever we can do, just let us know. But we're thankful.
3: Jairus McPhail, awesome to catch up with the former pirate running back and uh, Marcus Crandall, part of that as well. And Mark C, as his old teammates call him, Marcus Crandall will join us back live coming up. On Thursday, with more great interviews, walks down memory lane and uh talking about what's going on today with Pirate football and more. We'll take a break, come back, more to go. Pirate Radio Live. We'll take a look at the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard when we return after this. Dancing,
4: you know it,
1: You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light, reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now back to the show. All right,
5: welcome back to the program. Quality Equipment is your full-service John Deere dealer with 28 locations to serve you. Quality Equipment is open in Winterville next to Sam's Club or visit QualityEquip.com to find the location near you. And by the way, Frank Lee at the Appliances Superstore is inviting you to their grand opening this Wednesday, June 21st from 4 to 6 p.m. Come help them celebrate with light refreshments, and Frank and his team will also show you how they make buying appliances easy. They started with a truck, a trailer, and a storage unit. Today they have 12,000 square feet uh, full of appliances, which is located right off of 264 behind the new DMV. They hope to see you June 21st, which is this Wednesday, from 4 to 6 p.m. Remember, they save customers money every
3: day at the Appliances Superstore. Now, let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, Flip Brock. All right, real quick, guys. Let's come up with a list of every sporting event that's going to happen between now and football. Because during the break, I was thinking we need – God, I wish we just had something, like – a some a bigger sporting event so like the olympics is uh next year i just looked it up 2024 in paris 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 Wee wee. Wee uh world cup was last year so we got to wait for that um so y'all just chime in you got major league baseball
8: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah okay
3: is there another major you have golf research. <clears throat> you got golf you got nascar you've got USFL, which I think is coming down to the wire. Mm-hmm. You've got WNBA. You've got some UFC. I'm sure. Are you guys not going to contribute at all? I wish I had my phone
5: because <laughs> I, I, my phone's in right? there charging. I can't think of anything. Now I cannot NBA draft. NBA draft, which is coming up this Thursday, by the way. Yeah. It'd be fun to watch. Um, and you said you said now oh, you said now got, until football. You've got.
3: <laughs> yes, you've got
5: because i was gonna say preseason football but it doesn't count
3: the basketball tournament which has been kind of fun to watch you know where like former guys get together and play on teams Mm -hmm. bayheim's army and all that it's kind of entertaining um
5: (gasps) can we have maybe a celebrity golf tournament thing yeah we
3: actually do have that coming up
5: like you know brady played with uh barkley's been in it before
3: it's coming up soon chandler actually let me uh find that real quick um, but yeah, we need something else, you know, looking
4: at this, uh, all sports calendar and I'll tell you what, there's not much of interest.
3: We need like a world cup. We need a, an Olympics or something, a random ass football game in the middle of summer. First one. You win.
4: got some live golf
3: next week. Uh, CFL Canadian football league. something you can watch. Uh, Ooh, the see. Tour de France.
5: Tour de France. There tour de France.
3: I'm all in on a tour de France.
5: A tour de France
3: so the match 2023 who is in it who is in the match the match trying to find the match
4: world table tennis series now now we're we're talking talking. oh
3: tonight on espn one of the networks uh pickleball championships sweet pro pickleball
4: there's pickleball every thursday at the uh On on elm street
3: yeah interesting all right uh let's see june 29th 2023 Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey will go up against Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. I like that. I will not be watching it, but Chandler will. You can Steph film me. Steph Curry up. is
5: a really, really good golfer. That
3: yeah. he is. That he is.
5: All right. Let's take.
3: A- ah, Tyler said Nathan's hot dog eating contest. Oh, of there's course. another one. We
5: gotta we gotta talk to Richard Shea coming up soon.
3: And uh, Joey is participating in. Is that a mock draft? Basically, just uh, yeah, just a little, just simulator. a little refresher. Uh, but it's mock draft season fantasy football season that's exciting as well we'll take our last break come back you're ready to wrap it up here on a monday more to go pirate radio live back with you after this
1: You're listening to hour three of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light, reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates, and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now back to the show. Welcome
5: back to the program. Did you miss the show on Pirate Radio? Listen to all of Pirate Radio's archived local programming by subscribing to us on where you ever wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe today by going to the podcast app on your. Phone and visit pr927fm.com
3: now let's head back into prl here's your host clip brock all wrapping it up here on a monday great job chandler great job joey joey do you think in the next 30 seconds you can name a player to hit a home run tonight or should we start tomorrow uh, i want to start doing this every day and see how we do
4: can can we choose a game together and then i'll choose a hitter out of
3: that um well i was looking at the rangers and the white Sox.
4: rangers and white Sox.
3: <laughs> anybody <laughs> stand out to you tell you what let's start tomorrow
4: start tomorrow
3: yeah fresh okay. day we'll look at the schedule everybody will be playing on tuesday so we'll have a full slate and we'll pick our uh, home runs home run uh, hitters for the night chandler your nationals are down six to five in the seventh inning to the cardinals sweet on the buccaneer music Hall school board presented by Dub buck the <laughs> buck tennessee stays alive with the win over stanford today lsu and wake playing tonight enjoy the action and we have enjoyed you being a part of our show today we'll talk to you coming up on tuesday's edition of pirate radio live for chan man joey the crew
1: here i'm clip rock jeff charles take us home have a great night eastern carolina Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of The Voice of the Pirate Nation. This is Pirate Radio, WGHB Farmville, 1250 and 92.7 FM Greenville, WDLX Washington, 930 and 104.1 FM Washington.